That's right, folks. It's another episode of Galani and Chill featuring Christopher Galanti. And we will be talking about the Friday the 13th movies. That's 12 movies I had to watch, so please applaud. Uh, I am joined, of course, with Jonathan Suarez, mm. Stephen O'Teary, mm. and Devon Copain. Ooh. Or as he likes to be called, Devin Voorhees. Ooh. Hey guys. Sorry, not, That's, how he, go. That's how, how he talks. I bet you he would. He would. I'm going to tell you something right now. Uh, I don't, Stone Cold I'm, Steve Voorhees? Dude. I'm not upset that you killed dude. my mother. But I'm going to look by. I'm going to look past you if you give some beer. Hey, I'm going to hit you. With a sleeping bag. What? I'm going to hit you with a motorboat. What? I'm going to cut you with a machete. What? What? <laughs> I think we do a Stone Cold Steve Austin impression every episode now. Which is I think it's it's in the contract. Pretty solid, you know. Um, yeah, guys. I watched the Friday the 13th movie series. Because uh, you said. Before. You said it's time. You said it is it's time. I broke it was the, the October with a Friday the 13th, so you had to. I know. Mm, I, I, I yeah, was almost... Once in a lifetime. It was, a, it, was a, it was a it was a it was a curse guys it wasn't a it's not a good thing none of these movies are very good did you um i'm sorry i i I've never asked this and i guess i should have at some point what did this include the remake or no yeah i watched oh okay movies, dude that includes freddy versus jason that <laughs> does include freddy versus jason why'd you say it like that freddy versus jason <laughs> just home just home that was crazy. Did you ever do one for Freddy? No, I don't think okay. so. All right. Oh, well, well, you could do Freddy Fripper. Yeah, Freddy February. Fred February. Yeah, Fred. <laughs> Just in time for Valentine's Day. Which yeah. is the perfect day to, to call people bitches. <laughs> That's even I love better. you, bitch. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, bitch. <laughs> yeah, there, there's something that Freddy has that others don't, and that's. Good dialogue. Uh, nobody else. None of these other slashers talk. That's the thing. Freddy was good since movie one. I know. I know. That's the that's the puzzling thing because you know we talked about this before that these the major slasher series they all start pretty good if not great. Right? Yeah. Except for this one. <laughs> Except for this yeah, one. this one I I never. It's like I get it, but like I didn't get how it got to that point. There was always a guy in the theater that yelled, let it cook at the end of the movie. <laughs> They're finding it. They're finding it. Don't worry. That's They're almost that's, there. Is that the, the guy who just got them to make a sequel every, every year? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let it cook. <laughs> it's still there. You got something to say. <laughs> There's a boy in the ocean. I mean, it's a lake. I guess it's not. Well, well, to be fair, in Freddy, what's that, 8 Manhattan? Camp Crystal, Camp Crystal Ocean, yeah. That they do will. have access to channels and reservoirs from that, so. You, like, you can see Crystal Lake. You can see the end of that lake. It by no means terminates anywhere near the Atlantic Ocean or any tributary that leads to New York. So I don't know how they, they got that. Manhattan somehow, Chris. I don't know how they got that boat in there. That boat's big. Probably the ravine. This is a big ass boat called the Lazarus in the middle of fucking Crystal Lake. What the hell is that about? Damn. Um, yeah, it's, it's a Lazarus pit, dude. Well, before we get into that, I know you guys watched some new stuff uh, this week. I know, Steve, you talked about a certain film. I watched um, 
Five Nights at Freddy's, the uh, the new movie, uh, video game movie adaptation. It was on Peacock as well as releasing in theaters this week. Uh, apparently, it made um, domestic seventy eight million this weekend. Wow, a that's really a lot of cheddar. Budget of twenty million. Yeah. Jesus, that's so, a Blumhouse special, dude. Uh, make it make it for dirt cheap and rake in millions. I would say I'm going to start with the positives. Okay. I think the costume slash animatronic design and the set design are really good in this movie. I think they, they, they really do kind of like, you're like, wow, this invokes those old feelings of an old Chuck E. Cheese and like stuff like that. Um, the rest is dog shit. Um, <laughs> it is so you movie. wouldn't say, you wouldn't say let it cock at the end. You wouldn't, you don't think uh I'm sure there is no. a few people online saying that already so we yeah. don't have to worry this, about this oh 100% yes <laughs> this is a movie that is so up its butt about explaining the lore that it doesn't ever want to be what it is it doesn't want to be scary like, it's never scary um there's a point where it just literally neuters all of the creepy animatronics and it feels more like um it feels more like Iron Giant at a point what? because really? you can, yeah, you can tell that this movie wants to sell toys and it doesn't oh. want to make the, the animatronics like fully the bad guys. Um, I see. I see. But like the movie is so it, it, it's more, it, it cares more about like the lore and the backstory rather than telling like the story of like somebody having to spend five nights at this abandoned, um, uh, Chuck E. Cheese uh, location, pretty much. So you're saying and, that they overdeveloped the plot and it took away from the horror. Yeah, you know all those videos that Matt Pat put out about like kids and missing stuff and all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's what the entire movie is, rather than being like I'm trapped in a um, like I'm trapped in a creepy place with these creepy animatronics. Like those are just sneezes through the movie. Um, Freddy, the titular character, I say that he gets literally like sidelined in this. Mm. Like but that at no stupid point, duck. No, no, dude. This wow. movie has a hard on for Foxy. Really? Like, okay. Foxy gets like three kills throughout the movie. Uh, Freddy gets like one, but like you know, in 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 Five Nights at Freddy's, like the whole thing where like when the lights go out, like you hear the song, and then yeah. Freddy comes for you. Sure. Not like the good Freddy, but um, yeah, it never <laughs> does bear. Like, I'm like yeah. hey, that would be a great easy scare. That would be like a great cinematic thing you could do in a movie. They don't do it. There's one part of this movie where it is Foxy hunting someone through the arcade that I was like, this feels like the movie I've been waiting all movie for. Thankfully, it is a short movie. It's like an hour and a half. Um but uh, this is definitely a movie that I would recommend seeing for free. Now, um, you know, I, we talked about this a little before the podcast started, but like, do you think it would have improved enough for you if it was rated R and you got to see a little bit more like grizzly grizzliness I, from you know, the animatronics? I would have loved that, but this feels like a movie that doesn't want to be an R-rated movie. Like it doesn't feel like it like had to like cut itself down. It feels like it had to add stuff 
uh, add stuff to hit PG thirteen. Oh, I, I mean, see. also it's it's not like the games are ever R rated. Like they're fairly bloodless, right? It's just like it yeah. jumps in your face conceptually. So, like what happens, gory as hell. Reading about it, but it's not like you ever see. It's it more about that, the right? content than it is about the actual yeah. visuals. Yeah, there's like there's like things in the movie where it's like it just doesn't make sense, and I, you kind of have a hard time. Like he, like the main character, Mike. Um, gets fired from his job for beating up a dad. Oh, um, oh cool. <laughs> I hope yeah. there's nothing to it. It's just he's an asshole and he just beat up some nice dad. <laughs> no, there's stuff, but of course it, there is, is. it is pretty entertaining to just see that happen. Um, <laughs> but I, I think I already know what that is, by the way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I figured that out already. Um, <laughs> but, like, in in the actual movie, like, he goes to, like, uh, like a, um, a job hiring, like, center and like they're like well i have one job for you it's uh a, an abandoned like uh, amusement like pizzeria and it's like your job is night security guard and it's like why yeah that's always been my question like what exactly even in the game like what is uh... in the game those those are open those are, those open are still. okay functional this is a dilapidated <laughs> shut down like a pizzeria Chuck E. Cheese place, but he is still being paid and hired to just watch it at night. And then in the day he goes home and people can just break in and take stuff during the day. So it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Well, I know I remember I saw this movie. It's called Wally's Wonderland. That was um, yeah. the Nick Cage movie, right? The Nick Cage movie. And the whole, the whole plot of that was, it was an abandoned uh, kids pizza place. But they had to keep like people in there to, to get be sacrificed. Like they brought Nicolas Cage's janitor character in there specifically to be killed. So they would sacrifice and appease the demons that are in that place. That was the plot in that movie. And that was kind of fun. You know, like it wasn't over overdone. It was pretty simple. Yeah. In the Absolutely. same ballpark here. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, I, mean, really. I, I mean, that movie, of course, they just ripped off. You know, yeah. Oh, wow. Five Nights at Freddy's concept. <laughs> I know they did. It was like they ripped off the game. They made their own movie. Now the movie is ripping off Wally's Wonderland, which was already a ripoff of the right. game. Just very convoluted. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was actually kind of shocking to me that this was like a Blumhouse movie. Wow, really? Yeah, just like in the I'm sense not of like, I'm not surprised. Well, no, no, I'm not surprised in like quality, but I'm surprised in the sense that <laughs> like. There's always a point where, like, they still seem to, like, make it, like, try to be, like, a horror movie. There is, like, no point in this movie where I was like, this is a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I you know, I, I, I had a similar experience to yours, Steve. Uh, but would you like to give a review of Mary? Fuck. Uh, this is a kill. This is a kill for me. Uh, I have to say that this is Ooh. the this is the Zoomers Resident Evil movie. <laughs> Ooh, okay. You know what? I can totally. That sounds very apt for mm-hmm. sure. We all went to go see it, and then we were like, "Oh, this is what bad movies are." Oh, we figured it out. And, oh, uh, they weren't. <laughs> they weren't on it. They were all. It was like, well, Freddy's. Five, it's definitely going to get a sequel. Yeah, um, they've made so. their money. Well, Steve, I, I saw something, and I had kind of a similar experience to yours. Um, mm. I watched a movie called The Boogeyman, Ooh. which um, it's it's a uh, adaptation of a Joe King short story. Uh, Joe King is the son of Stephen King, 
course. Oh, I thought it was a pseudonym for the Joker. <laughs> I don't think Stephen King realized what he was doing when he named his son Joe. I don't think. He, <laughs> I don't know if he knew that that could be joking, but hey, who knows? He's a, he's a funny guy. Maybe he did. Um, yeah, this movie. I was uh, deeply underwhelmed by, um, and I personally, for me, in this in this film, it was because of the PG thirteen rating. Um, yeah, they created a monster which I thought was pretty neat—a um, monster that hunts people that are vulnerable after like a death in the family. This monster sort of comes into your house and starts killing everybody. And you know, conceptually, it's pretty cool, and mm. it looked it looked good. Like I think. The, uh, the CGI was used in shadow, so you didn't really see a lot of, like, defects or artifacts. It looked pretty good, all, all things considered. Would I have liked practical effects, especially at the end? Absolutely. Like, I was really missing that at the end of the movie, at the climax. Um, but yeah, the big, the big issue with this film is it just was soft, you know? Like, it, it was soft as baby shit. It's... It had no bite. The monster had so many opportunities to kill somebody to make it more dangerous, at least in mm. my eyes, in the audience. And it never fulfilled that. It never followed through. In the end, the monster wasn't really that terrifying. Like, it was terrifying looking, but it didn't do anything to elicit terror in that film whatsoever. And not to mention, the film was saddled by like my least favorite exposition of the year. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, so fucking awful. And I hated the character that they introduced to deliver it. And I, you could have easily cut that out of the movie, except for the exposition. Like, if you just just change that scene completely, cut it out, do something different, uh, it may have made the movie a little better for me. Um, but overall... You think it was just, like, too much explanation? Yeah, it was too much explanation with no, like, ground did mm -hmm. logic to it like it, it was like watching jason goes to hell <laughs> it's always it's all <laughs> it's always tough because like i love the concept of learning more but it's just like always bad yeah yeah no i listen i'm, I'm a huge fan of lore yeah. i'm a huge fan of it i think it's almost necessity nowadays for good horror like you need to create this um knowledge about whatever monster is around to make it scarier to, to build yeah. the mystique a little bit i just feel like sideshow bob's stepping on those rakes like it's just like i'll never <laughs> learn well that's the thing like I, I think we're all kind of attuned to like it because we like patterns right human beings want a pattern yeah and mm. that's what lore is it creates a pattern and then you can understand whatever the thing is and maybe you know, a good horror movie, by understanding it more, you learn, you, you know less, you know? Like, it becomes even more of a mystery because there's more questions. Um, and that's something that this movie didn't do. It just told you everything and was very upfront about it. And the character that you thought knew everything was a complete idiot. Like, a lot of idiot ball in the film. Um, yeah, it's just, it was like, it was just poorly written, I think, overall. Poorly plotted and not scary and that that is a death sentence for a horror movie yeah no, no. that Simple will that. do it i don't know if i i think it's a kill it might be a just the slightest of fucks just because of i enjoyed the general aesthetics of the monster mm -hmm. but 
I think overall, it's just, it's a waste of a good concept, you know? Yeah. So I guess that is a kill. I guess I would say that's a kill. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that's it for me. I think that I watched a TV. Oh, I did watch a TV show. Okay. Um, I watched the new, sh- I watched Doom Patrol, of course, still keeping up with that. Um, just as weird and convoluted as usual. <laughs> it's getting stranger which is fine it's almost like at this point the plot doesn't matter like it's just where they're headed to the goal in mind is is really what matters um but the thing i really want to talk about is scavenger's reign which was that really cool animated show like that was yeah 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 that's the um Primal and Samurai Jack guy, right? That is. I guess that is. It looks just yeah. like it. I, I didn't know for sure. But um, yeah, something about the, the color palette and the overall. Yeah, Genity or Genity, Genity or Tartoski, something like that. It's It's got me hooked. I really like the soundtrack quite a bit. Um, the visuals is a gorgeous, gorgeous animated show. Um, there, a lot of like empty space. The usage of empty space kind of reminds okay. me a little bit of like a Frank Quitely comic book. In a All way. right, um, or, or some, saga, um... or saga, really. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, HBO, right? Uh, yes, HBO Max. Okay. Is on HBO yeah, Max. yeah, yeah. I, I think the first four or six episodes are up, and yeah, good, good show, good start. I'm enjoying it. Solid fuck at this point. Nice. You know? Um, <clears throat> that's about it for me. All right. Uh, I've been watching a little bit. Uh, I, this was very much a Spider-Man week, um, but I watched a couple of House of Usher episodes. I think I'm like, I don't know if there's like eight episodes, but I'm like five in, something like that. How you, how you feeling? Uh, it's good. Um, good. Right? That's that's kind of the way I yeah. thought about it. Yeah. Did you finish it? Or... Yeah, I, I finished it. Okay, yeah, yeah. I hit the episode with... That focused on um, the the game developer son. Okay. Yes. Yeah, and I was like, okay, you know, I was like, okay, right, it's, it's fine. fine. I think some yeah, of the fine. like some, it's some totally the po- watchable. Not some bad. of the some of the Poe adaptations hit a little harder than others. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think they they get them a little bit more solid than uh, than others. I'll say this: I think it must have been very fun for. Um, oh my goodness. Like the main woman, uh, Carla Gugino. Gugino. Oh, yeah. She's, uh, I think she probably had a Flan lot of fun. Man's, that's Flan Man's wife, right? Isn't he married to her? He, oh, really? I don't oh, know. Bastard. I think he is. Uh, I, think he pull, I think he pulled that bag down. Damn. Dude, Let me see. I hope him. he did. Good She's, on him. Yeah. Mike Flanagan's um, wife. Oh, no, no, no. He's married to the other girl, Kate Siegel, who's also uh, an actor. She's um, also an actor in, in okay. those movies. Also, yeah. you know, out of his league, I would say. As <laughs> well. Totally, totally. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, just like every episode, she gets to do something fun, which is cool. Um, yeah, and like, again, it's it's like, it's just nice that it's not ridiculous. Is, 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 is this his last project for Netflix? I think so. Or is the very least, he, he was he's up doing the Dark Tower for Amazon, right? Amazon Prime. Oh man! Oh that, man! Really? That's what that's I heard. Cool. That was years ago, though. Oh yeah, because he's like a Stephen King, like fucking. Oh dude, he's an ultra bro. Player. He's a Stephen. He's a 
I don't even yeah. know what you would call that. He he's an Uber fan. He every one yeah. of his shows reminds me of a Stephen King book. Yeah. But uh yeah, I think there's there was one episode where I think there was like four monologues in it. And yeah, I was those, like, are, those are a little rough. I was like, okay. <laughs> it's not like I love a good monologue, and some yeah, of them are good, but it's it's every one. There's less, one every less five is, minutes. Less is more. Less yeah, is yeah. more with monologues. You don't want to push that too much um, because some of the monologues can be a little like pandering to us to an audience. I like the lemonade monologue. That was a fun. That was okay. I, I was like, oh, that's cute. Um, but Chris, yeah. you know. I'm, gonna throw, I'm just going to throw it out to you because yep. you weren't on last week and we didn't hear your thoughts on Flowers of the Killer Moon. So mm. I'm just going to lob it yeah, over sure. to you. And, uh, you know, I gave my thoughts last week. Yeah. On the um, official episode, but, yeah. I don't even remember what you said last week, to be honest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what did you I said say? it was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, no offense, but like that's like I, I totally forgot what you said. What did you yeah, say? Well, that's why I asked Chris. Well, my opinion on it, I can tell you right now, I I liked it more than I liked Oppenheimer. <gasps> I think it. I think the pacing is better. Wait a minute, you're saying that you liked a Martin Scorsese movie <laughs> more than a Christopher Nolan movie? Get out of here! Crazy, right? I Crazy. I, I don't believe it for a second, Chris. <laughs> I I well, you know, Scorsese's losing a little bit. That's something I, I will but, not deny. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't want to like, I don't want to downplay Nolan, <clears throat> but like, I mean, his his whole spiel for me at least is like visual effects, like more yes. so like aesthetics yes. than that than storytelling. Like, than storytelling, yeah, and that that's kind of Martin Scorsese's like super superhero superhuman strength is yeah storytelling. I, I felt like I learned more watching. Like Christopher Nolan could never do Goodfellas. He would no. never be able to do a no. movie like Goodfellas. Absolutely not. So. I, I think I learned no more. Why? Why would you think I'd be offended by that, John? <laughs> In what fucking universe? Because <laughs> you're, because you're, you're the resident normal. You're the normal. I'm not though. I think I like the least amount of his movies, frankly. <laughs> I know, I'm just, I'm just trolling. I'm just trolling you. Stop being so offended. Okay. Jeez, I, uh, I'm not a normal, and I'm not. Uh, I don't even know what to do with Marty's <laughs> a, a Marty boy? I don't know. Um, oh, Marty uh, boy's good. Good enough. I, I, good I, enough. I like, I like, I do like Martin Scorsese. I'm not going to lie. I really like his movies. His I mean, older he's films, a legend, dude. He's, he's a legend. legend. He's a fucking legend. And there's a lot of shit he's in. He's a living legend. He does that Kurosawa was doing. And he, he knows who the greats are. And he steals from the right people. Yeah, you know, for like, sure. For sure. that shit is basic filmmaking at its best. Um, no one yeah. thought he was saving cinema by releasing um, Tenet in the theaters during during lockdown. Okay, Scorsese I, released Scorsese released Irishman on streaming services only during that's lockdown. True. So, that's a good like point. you gotta like <laughs> you got you got draw a line somewhere. You know, you know, John. I noticed when I was watching Killers of the Flower Moon, he shoots like I I you know now I watched all the Kurosawa movies. All of the arguments in the film are shot like Kurosawa 
shots. Like they oh, he man. hold the camera all the he way. He holds back. the camera up and it's like you can pause it and it's like a picture. Like yeah, well, like he he keeps the camera really. Well, there's far. that there's the shot from the tra- the ending shot from that first trailer where yes, like everybody yes. looks up at the camera. Kind That's of. very much Kurosawa. Okay, um, but the yeah. other thing I'm talking about is he pulls the camera. He keeps the camera really far away from the actors. And he zooms in because he doesn't want. To oh, be, interesting. That's like old school. That's, that's old, old school, school shit. shit. It's it keeps yeah. the, the actors involved in the scene. They don't see the camera. They're not thrown off. Like, right. Yeah. Good, that that good sounds good. like a Kurosawa thing. I I I also learned more in this movie. I learned how awful Oklahoma is as a state. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oklahoma's piece of uh, shit. Here's here's my here's my quick question to you guys cuz a lot some people were saying on on Twitter that like you must see it in the theater. Like do you feel that way or is this something that that I could watch at home? Cuz like now, my only my only thing is like it's like 4 hours long, you know? Like John, like, I I would say Oppenheimer you should see in a theater. This that's what I was going to say yeah cuz that's like a, a visual like spectacle to yes. see. But all that being said, I, I like I think killers did. Did they even really did they even well. make f- custom film stock for for Scorsese? He probably that's shot it in digital anyway, right? It kind of looks. Like, he he had drone shots that looked gorgeous. Okay, I mean like the, yeah, it's you like you're either a snob about it like Tarantino and and um and Nolan or 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 you're not. <laughs> and Paul Thomas Anderson too. And Paul Thomas Anderson, yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah, like I, I will say, I think I enjoyed the performances more in Oppenheimer, primarily because of Robert Downey Jr. Like I think he's the best performance I've seen all. Right, the Emily Blunt was really good. Yeah, they're, they're really like you could, you could like you could pick your you could pick your Oscar nominees like Basically. out of a bucket. Basically. Yeah, but yeah, overall, I I really enjoyed it. I think it's I liked it more than I liked Irishman. Um, his, his past film. Uh, yeah, I think it's like. Um, I think it's a marry on the same levels as Oppenheimer. Is it a marry for you? De- oh, Devin said it was a fuck. I, yeah, I, d- I give it a, a strong fuck. But uh, Oppenheimer was a marry for you? Man, I don't but think I'm not it the was. normal. I'm not the normal, Steve. <laughs> no, I really, I don't think it was. It sounds, like you're, sounds like you're the normal. That's what it sounds no, Barbie like. Barbie was the marry, um, for sure. Oppenheimer was. Uh, I will was... tell you guys this though, as as I've given out a few marries this year, Barbie, Oppenheimer, and Cal- Killers of the Flower Moon, I all gave marries, but ne- none of those movies moved me like Everything Everywhere All at Once last year. I, there still hasn't mm-hmm. been that film that I think is. Is there anything coming out like that might that might hit it or no? It might hit that for you or no? I have to like, see. What else I don't is yeah, it's a shame because like some stuff's getting pushed. I feel like the those types of movies aren't gonna. I have to matter. admit, I thought Dune Part Two is gonna be mine this it's year. Be your dude, yeah, that was gonna yeah. be your bro. Yeah, no, it's not your bro. <laughs> it's gonna be your bro, dude. But um, I, I think there is something coming down the. Yeah, pipe. you're gonna be a Dune goon. You were gonna be a Dune goon. Of course, I was gonna yeah. be a Dune goon. You know, we're, we're gonna hit that point um, where that that crazy, stupidly good movie is gonna be coming out uh, th- that we like just didn't know about or like barely knew about. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. We're still waiting for that. Yeah, um, but I I still think they're great movies. Like Barbie, Pain Hustlers. Is that gonna Captain be- Marvel? That's the big one, obviously for Chris. I know. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to see what else is coming out. I think the movie I had the most fun with this year is probably Barbie. But I think the best, actually, no, wait, hold on. I think what I about know. Dumb Money. I, John, I know what my favorite movie of the year is. 
actually. What am I what am I talking about, guys? What the fuck am I talking about? It's across the Spider-Verse. <laughs> that's my yeah, that's, yeah, that's probably my favorite. Yeah, that's probably my favorite movie so far. I, I mean, let's be honest. That movie it blew me away. Even if it's a part one, I don't know what the fuck about that. Even if they did crunch the people that were animating the film. Like, fuck that. They got paid, right? It's the best looking, <laughs> best story, best characters of the year. Like I know, oh, man. I can't think best of looking movie, frankly. Best looking movie. Best, best, looking movie. Yeah. best uh, gimmicks. Yeah. I had the best gimmicks that I didn't even <laughs> Yeah, because I didn't even know until like after a couple weeks after I watched it that like every like it's a random like random stuff can happen. They're all like unique, all the different mm-hmm. releases of the movie. Like you could see something different in at one time you see it in the theater and then it's something different on the other time. Like a different line will be said or a different animation. I need Man. one solid live action movie. <laughs> That's what I yeah. need. This I'm year. thinking. All right, my hope, my hopes can be that Saltburn movie. I'm that hoping that's really good. good. That looks really. Good. Man, so uh, Killers of Flower Moon wasn't that? It wasn't like it didn't. Like I, I get that. It's I don't married, think it's but, like, you gotta it, see. It didn't like it didn't like blow you away. Hard. I think it, I think it is a must see. If I think I think it is. I, think I don't think it's, it's go to the theater and see it though. Yeah, I no, I, I agree. I like you wouldn't drag, you wouldn't like knock somebody out and drag them to the theater like no. you would everything everywhere all at no. once. No. Okay. I, everything everywhere all at once yeah. was such a similar <laughs> experience. It's it's hard to. Yeah. It's nothing is really coming close to that. That and like Parasite couple of years before that yeah, like I'm trying to see what else is out the, oh, the really killer does the is the killer coming out this year yeah that's coming yeah out. i heard the mm. killer's okay uh, i haven't been hearing like the, a crazy buzz but i you know I, you know how it goes um yeah I, and again to to remind john of my thoughts on <laughs> flowers of the killer moon um flowers of the killer moon yeah uh, I did. I liked it. Honestly, I, I did like it. I, I was a little disappointed in, and eh, that's not the word. Uh, I just thought the performances were all good. I, I really, I didn't. I don't think I, I was really blown away by any performances. I, I think agree. Um, I agree with that. Even Leo, yeah, he was he was like good, but not great. Uh, Robert De Niro, good but not Wall Street. He wasn't Wolf of Wall yeah. Street. Yeah, Leo played more like a kind of a passive character, which I'm not a huge fan of in general. Yeah. Like I like characters a little more proactive. Uh, I'll be honest. I, uh, I again, I thought frankly the best actor uh, in the movie was Lily Gladstone. Yeah, um, right. she's really good. Oh, and... was it Fat Todd? Fat Todd. Oh, 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 oh. Um, I actually, I, I, I mentioned this last week. And uh, I said we'll have to ask Chris what his thoughts were were on Brendan Fraser what about uh, Fat in this movie. Well, here's the deal. I, I actually I read an article about that because a lot of people okay. didn't like his performance. I am in that crowd. I didn't really. I thought it was bad. But <laughs> frankly, I, I, I don't, and I think it actually has precedent through in the in the book. Okay, written about this because. The character, that attorney, basically every line that he spoke had an exclamation point after it. <laughs> like, yeah. He was very bombastic, very boisterous, and he kind and of... And it, like, it's obviously what Martin wanted, because... Yeah. You know? Definitely. it. Do you think Brendan Fraser were like, no, I'm not going to fix this? <laughs> um, I mean, I think it's very close to the actual person. Yeah, I just didn't love... I think it's because he's in the movie for spoilers. He's in the movie for like three scenes. Like he's not in the movie a lot. Well, that's why I don't know why anybody can hate it. Like it's well because it's like it's 
it's overacting in every scene and there's three scenes and it's like wow that guy screamed a lot and then you don't see him and then you see him again he's like he keeps screaming and that's i don't eh, think it's that, I, I don't know I don't it's not it's like it ruins movie. the movie because he's he's just not much of a factor i i movie. really i liked his performance i thought it yeah. added like a spark in a movie in a movie that was kind of had little slower, more introspective performances. You get something like mm-hmm. that. It kind of yeah. ignites the audience, gets them, gets them, gets them moving again. Yeah. And uh, Jesse Plemons is good. Good. It's good, man. Everybody's good. And, uh, you know, I guess this is accurate because this is. Uh, I didn't look too any deeper into this, Chris, but maybe you know. Is this based off of a true story like i know true events but is this like it was there really a molly burkhart yeah okay um yeah and they all basically everything in the film this is a very very um loyal and accurate portrayal was it really an abraham lincoln Lincoln? (laughs) is that a real person that exists it's just uh there's um, a lot of idiot ball but i guess it's true so you know what's great I, I didn't know is that the the Osage people were basically picking up checks that were given to them every week for free. It was yeah. like like Saudi Arabia, you know, like they have all those oil deposits and all this money. They basically give their people if you're born in Saudi Arabia, you get a check every week for free. No, and that's no why money. it was like if they were full blood, they get a bigger check. Yeah, yeah, half blood, and that's why it was like they were bragging about. The women I, they I were really, marrying. I really love the that first scene where they're talking about how their like their culture is dying, mm-hmm. like that. This they're basically burying their culture, the Osage people mm. in the beginning because they yeah. know that this money is going to ruin them. It's going to make them a target. Like everything is over. And boy, oh boy, did it! Yeah, dude, that's yeah. Uh, a hell of a story and really sad. And Oklahoma sucks. But now we're going to talk about a bunch of better movies, right, Chris? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> well, folks, it's that time of the show where I talk about a series of films that I watched over this week, over this month. Um, it took me 20 days to watch all of these because these are barely 90 minutes long, most of these movies. And of course, I'm talking about the Friday the 13th films. Um, I, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, I've seen this coming. <laughs> I knew I was going to have to do it sooner or later. Uh, I did uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I did the Hellraiser series. I'm committed to do, you know, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween. The only reason I haven't done those two recently is because I feel like I've watched them all pretty recently. And, I, you know, like I want to go in kind of fresh. Yeah. That's kind of my my perspective on, on Galani and Chill in general. Like I want to be distanced enough from it so I can go back and be a little bit more critical mm-hmm. and uh, kind of not tear it apart, but like figure out why it's popular, why there's so many of them, yada, yada, yada. Um, and in this series, I don't think I was more confused as to why they kept, kept making them outside of money. Mm-hmm. Like they, they are creatively bankrupt movies <laughs> in every way, shape or form and it's the sleaziest people that making make them like the the sleaze of the sleaze i'm talking about producers and directors you know just to give you a preface of this whole thing that i that i did 
you know, mm-hmm. the research that I did about all of this. Um, so yeah, this is a series that I, I feel like there isn't a marry of in the bunch. I don't. How dare <laughs> you? It's, I, I, I might be, no, I don't think it's the only series I've done. That's now, you watch the Police Academy movies. I watch the Police Academy <laughs> movies. <laughs> so that, no. that, that's the, se- this is the second one. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, like, and it's not just, let me, a little bit more preface. It's not just, um, that they're poorly made, which most of them are. It's how cynical they are in production, how so many of the producers and directors are saying like, oh, these fucking little pieces of shit are going to eat this up. Like that seemed like the motivation for, for every scene shot in these movies. Yeah. And that's never good. That's uh, when you treat your audience like idiots, you make a dumb movie. That's a fact. So I guess we'll start. <laughs> Do you have something <laughs> you want to so say? Excited. No, I have a question, but I'm going to save it for the end. Okay, all right, yeah. that's fair. Um, Which one's Jason? Is that the guy who wears the Shatner mask? <laughs> yeah, that's him. You got it. Actually, you know, Chris, I'll, I'll ask you now because yeah, I'm, I'm terrified of it. So you just said, you know, it, it's kind of you know creatively bankrupt. It's you know, it's just kind of there, it's cynical and things like that. Yeah. I mean, would you feel like a comparable is are the Saw movies because it's like. Eventually, people saw these Jason movies. I remember talking to my my parents about this. It's like you're not seeing it because you want to see a scare. You're just seeing it just to see how they die, right? It's like, oh, I just want to see Jason wipe people out. Right. I mean, and uh, you know, outside of just like Saul's a better movie than all of the Jason movies, right? But it's like eventually Saul went down that path. Absolutely. And I, yeah. I'd say that about most horror series go down that way. Okay. Mm. Okay. I just feel like, like, you know, Steve said before, there's at least the, the foundation is at least solid in, in most of these slash movies. In that, what I mean is that the beginning couple movies are pretty good. Yeah. And you can build a little bit off of them. It's, it's Friday the 13th. It feels like they were just hunting, they were hunting the, the gore hungry teenagers and that's all they cared about they didn't care about building a solid foundation it was just the beginning was let's cash out on this idea because people are stupid i mean the first one they literally just said i have a good title for a movie basically yes (laughs) (laughs) and not only that they bought ad space like an entire ad page on the new york times that said friday the 13th and had like the broken glass and shit poster that they originally put, had for the for the movie, and they didn't have a finished script, you know, like that's mm. the level of sleaze that we're talking about, and it's it's hard to not see it in every film. The iconic the iconic Jason doesn't show up until the third movie, basically. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I think. The look of Jason is not fleshed out until a third film. Not only that, the lore of Jason is never fleshed out. No, no, it's the yeah, all over the place. It's they're all just... fucking over the place, and it never connects. And it's the sloppiest like continuity of any of these slash movies. The hands down sloppiest, mm. the sloppiest logic, the sloppiest continuity, sloppiest lore. And everything is just retconned or forgotten <laughs> about for the next movie. Um, but let's get into it. 
let's let's not jump let's not jump ahead too um the original friday the 13th directed by sean s cunningham written by victor miller has a rotten tomato score of 64 percent audience score of 60 percent. this is the highest it gets the audience score is lower i know isn't that weird that's interesting that's usually the other way around for like horror movies in general um yeah this is this is the peak and not only that i think the budget as far as profit is considered is the highest in the first film and they made the most amount of money it's uh it was a five hundred and fifty thousand dollar production it made 59.8 million dollars oh so, man yeah and that's you know 1980 that's at least three times that now um so it'd be 150 million for a 1.5 million dollar movie which is incredible um and that to me i want to praise the success of that but just that like i said it's so sleazy that it's hard for me to be like oh good job guys <laughs> you did it even though that was their intention the whole time is just to make money that bothers me really bothers me um friday the 13th did not have a completed script as we talked about uh victor miller went on to write soap operas after this film he never wrote another jason film or friday the third uh, friday the 13th film um and he vehemently opposed the idea of jason being the killer in later movies um tom savini didn't like that idea you know like a, a lot of the people that worked on this first film had no idea they were going to go in this direction in the first place so people were against it um both halloween and carrie were ripped off in this movie <laughs> mm. it's just that's it's it's that's another problem it's that Listen, you're supposed to steal from the greats. You're supposed to do, you're supposed to steal ideas and concepts for your film to make them better. You're not supposed to steal plot. You're not supposed to steal characters. That's the problem. That's where it gets to be cheap and unoriginal. And that's Friday the 13th in a nutshell. Um, producers wanted Sally Field as Alice. Bless their hearts. Just bless, bless their hearts. She was a known entity at this point. Known entity. You're, you're gonna you're gonna hear some names. I'm gonna throw out some names later on that they hoped would make one of their shitty movies. And no one, none of them would. And it just makes you go, "Oh, that's adorable. Oh, you're so cute." That's like my whenever I read the the name they proposed, like he would never do that. <laughs> you know? um, shot in 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 shot in its entirety in Warren County, New Jersey. Jersey boy. Camp Crystal Lake. Camp Casey Crystal Lake. Uh, the camp, no be, no B Bo Sco, Camp No B Bo Sco was the main set and it's still in operation. You oh, that's can go cool. there. You can go there. It's Hardwick, New Jersey. That camp is located. I've never it's always I've never thought about going there. Yeah, me either. It's <laughs> I think that's I think that tells you something, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, <laughs> You got to deal with a Jason if you go up there. Yeah, you don't want to deal with him. He's, he lives in a shack, eats potatoes all day. He's, he's a mess. Um, music plays only when the killer is present. There's no music outside of... So. Jaws inspiration. Jaws uh, inspiration you rip off. Uh, first independent <laughs> slasher to be acquired by a major studio, being purchased by Paramount for $1.5 It's the highest grossing film in the franchise, like I said before. Um, the first one? Yeah, first one. Highest grossing film in the franchise. Wow. 
Kevin Bacon's in that first one, right? Kevin Bacon's mm-hmm. in that first one, baby. It's it's interesting where it's like Jason had Kevin Bacon while Freddie had uh, uh, Johnny Depp. And Patricia Arquette. Oh, right, 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 right. Found her too, man. Um, this was described as a lighthearted, youth-oriented horror film. Yeah? The times have changed, guys. It's interesting because, like, in your head, it's not until later on that they go with, like, the full idea where it's like, okay, this is, like, a full-on operational camp. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They're always trying to, well, a big thing is they're always trying to renovate the camp. They're always trying to bring it back, right? Right. That's, That's a plot in many of these movies. And it's never, like, they're always fixing it up to be in operation, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's completely, you know, destroyed. They have mm. to rebuild it again, and in the process of them, you know, rebuilding, that's when, that's when either Jason or his mother kills everybody. So it's like, yeah, they're always saying like, "Oh, we could bring it back. It's not that bad. There's no curse. You're nonsense." And then curse. Um, yeah. So the first film, it's uh, it's 95 minutes long, which I think pretty solid for a slasher i think you're 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 hitting the right area for that yeah um yeah it made 1980 of course too and uh yeah it's just a different time you know there's a time where people used to market r-rated movies to children and uh they just don't do that anymore that doesn't doesn't were you surprised by the killer Surprised by the killer, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, I threw my hat in the air. Oh, it's, a, it's a broad. She's I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> That's why the um the audience rating is so low for that first one. I agree. I think uh, people thinking that it's going to be about Jason and then seeing that it's about his mother are like, "What the fuck is this dumb what, shit? What the hell? What is this? A reverse psycho? What's going on here?" <laughs> I do overall like the concept of a crazy mom, a crazy Karen going around murdering people because they killed her son. Like, I think that it holds water, but Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, the execution is just silly. A lot of these kills are good looking, but overall just kind of flat. And it's not, I don't blame Tom Savini. I blame the director more than anything, you know, like. A lot. I think personally, I think Jason kills more people in bed than Freddy ever does. Like it's just always punctual. That would be a wonderful. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not. I don't know how accurate that is, but that would be awesome. If it true. sure feels that way. Like he he always kills people while they're in bed, or like kills he he'll, he killed two people while they were fucking. Like he just jammed a rod through them and murdered them both. Um. I really hope that's that's true. <laughs> that would be funny. Um, so yeah, as far as the first film goes, I think this is one of the better ones. I'm not going to lie about that. But I do think it's really cheap and it's really uh, a B-movie horror, horror movie with an interesting twist. Really is. Can, we, can I ask you the best kill of this movie? Best kill of the film. You know, yeah. the first one is kind of lacking a little bit for kills. I only remember one kill. And it's I think it's a Bacon? decent... It's the Kevin Bacon one. Because yeah, it's I, like... I would say that's the best You know, one. they're shoving a goddamn arrow through his throat. It's yeah. brutal. And, and it looks cool. It looks really yeah. neat. Um, there's another one where he... I think he pins one of the counselors to a door. With, like, spikes and stuff. Like, they open the door and they okay. see the counselor. I like how he arranges bodies. I think he might be the winner over over Mike for arrangement 
Um, I think he's he's a funny guy, Jason. Uh, he's, got, he's got a good sense of humor. That's why. Yeah. Um, so let's move on. I'm going to move on to Friday Thirteenth Part Two, um, directed by Steve Miner, written by Ron Kurtz. This has a Rotten Tomato score of 32 percent, an audience score of 48 uh, percent. Box office 21.7 million with a budget of 1.25 million. Is was made a year after 1981 and a runtime of 87 minutes. Uh, of course, we know this film is the debut of Jason Voorhees. This is the first film he shows up in. Not wearing his iconic mask, of course, he wears a, a potato sack over his head with a hole, one hole, punched <laughs> out for, for one eye. Um, the original idea for Friday the 13th was an anthology series based on the Friday the 13th superstition. It's never actually supposed to continue being kind a slasher of- Kind of like what um, Halloween was supposed to be. Exactly. You know, um, it's also yeah. that was like the show, right? Yeah. So I think mm. what happened was all the ideas that they had about a Friday Thirteenth superstition film turned into a television show. Do you know how many goddamn episodes I watched expecting Jason to show up? <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. I watched a lot. And it you was know, I, a I, disappointment. I'm never going to tell you though. All the shitting I'm doing on this movie, I do think the overall look of Jason is very iconic. Mm-hmm. I think he, he shoulder, like a huge giant human being carrying a machete and wearing a hockey mask. It's a, it's a look and it's a look that's persisted for a very long time. So that they're doing something right in the costuming makeup effect department. And I will never deny that. Yeah. I think that's the best parts of these movies. Hopefully, usually sometimes it's not, um, yeah, but like I feel the the most effective movies feature this stylized look at Jason, and I and I think those are the ones that work the best, in my opinion. Um, like the original film, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, faced opposition from the MPAA. I think they cut like forty five seconds of film, and this one, uh, this film has like one of my favorite kills in it too. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but the, there's a kid in a wheelchair, mm. and uh, you, Steve, it sounds like you do. Um, Jason machetes him in the face, and he rolls down backwards downstairs with a machete sticking out of his head. It's like, a really good visual. <sighs> great visual, very cool looking scene. I do remember that one, yeah. In the rain, too. Like, it looks fucking cool. And I can tell you this. I think I know where they they made a lot of cuts, and that was in the murders, of course. <laughs> of course. The gore is kind of... It's not less than the first movie, but I feel like there were cuts, obviously. You can tell. Um, that's never fun, you know? <laughs> I'm always like, oh, man, come on. Just do it. Show it. Show it, you know? Um, and that happens a bunch in these movies, by the way. It is really, really frustrating. Um, so producers insisted that jason Voorhees was to be the killer jason's look did not carry over into three of course which takes place days after um actually that specifically his look of having really long hair like like tim (laughs) 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 that was really weird and they cut that and i'm i'm happy it looks strange because he looks like he looks like what's his name? Um, the dude from uh, 
the Goonies. Whoa, what's his name? Sloth. Sloth. But, but like, or, or yeah, something like that. Right? Yeah, Sloth. But he's got flowing hair and a beard. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, this genetics weren't what they were, you know. I know. What's in this cards? It's, you know that hairless look is is perfect. It, yeah, it, it just doesn't get better than that. Um, Cunningham declined to return. Who was the director in the last film, citing the fact that the only thing that reaches teens is blood and gore. Like he was, uh, he was upset that he made Friday the Thirteenth Part One because he felt like he's trying to make cinema, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that's his fault more than it is like producers' fault. Like it's your job as a director to make something that's both enlightening and interesting and has the gore that your producers are asking for you could have done both but you chimped out and you made it it was too simple and too easy and it's it's laziness i think on the part of the director in the last movie that he didn't make something more of this that's that's my opinion um it was shot in kent connecticut and both Stan Winston and Tom Savini were attached, but had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts. So the effects, like I said, the, the overall look of Jason looks silly. And I think Tom Savini or, or Stan Winston wouldn't have let that happen. <laughs> you know. Mm. And I, you know, what, what's the heart and soul of these movies, if not the, the makeup department and the practical effects department. So, um, yeah, this is just, it's just, this movie is flat. It's so it's not bad. It's not two. I feel like is the most forgettable one. It really is forgettable, and it's not like there's a great uh, jump scare where Jason busts through a window and pulls a girl out. That's really cool. But other than that, and that one death, you know, in the wheelchair death, I just mm. it's 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 very forgettable, and you know, but just boring really in a lot of ways so let's move on uh this course is friday the 13th part three uh directed by steve minor again written by martin kreutzer and carol watson um the original plot oh, uh rotten t- <laughs> this is the lowest rotten tomato score of any friday the 13th movie is a rotten tomato score seven percent uh audience score 42 percent oh you idiots um box office 36.7 million budget 2.2 million um 95 minutes shot in 1982 released 1982 uh original plot would have had jason surviving his head wound from the second movie and tracking Ginny down who had just been admitted into a mental hospital uh sounds a lot like halloween too (laughs) that's the original plot of this movie uh, it was shot in California. Boo. Boo. Not New Jersey. That's where the lake is. <laughs> and you know what? The woods don't look anything like like East Coast woods, you know? Like there's mm. like a lot of sand. <laughs> yeah. And not like You can tell. You can definitely tell when something's shot on the West Coast. That's the thing too. Like as these movies progress, they're shot like all over the fucking place. And whenever they shoot in the woods or like one of these movies that isn't New Jersey, you're like, that's not New Jersey. <laughs> it doesn't look mm-hmm. anything like New Jersey. Um, yeah, first Paramount film produced in 3D since Yavaro in 1954. 
Perfecting 3D effects were more important than performances, says most of the actors that worked on this movie. <laughs> Since faulty projection lenses at theaters would prohibit a wide release, Paramount awarded Cyrus 2 Corp. $1 million to develop an adaptable projection lens for 3D films. So they actually had to sell lenses to theaters just to show this movie or it wouldn't get a wide release. 3D. <laughs> gotta love it right dude you Uh, gotta have people just like sticking stuff right at the screen uh you know what in this movie it's mostly handles (laughs) it's not even like the sharp sides of weapons it's just the handles people handing stuff (laughs) i'll be honest man like who who made a movie and then realized like most of the theaters can't cover it like paramount that's on that yeah like oh what do you mean (laughs) you don't have these theaters and these projectors, like, no, dude, why would we? It's like, oh, okay. we desperately need a gimmick for this third part of this movie that nobody cares about, except stupid kids. Let's make it 3D. Hey, oh, <laughs> right. <sighs> All right, guys, trivia, trivia question. Steve might okay. get this quick. Which hockey team is, fr- is Jason's masks from? Like, which team wears his mask that he wears in these movies? Rangers, the Hartford Whalers. <laughs> I want to. I want to say the Montreal Canadiens. Incorrect. All three wrong. Who is it? It's the Detroit Red Wings. Oh, that makes Soul sense. Tenders, I actually did. No, sense. I do remember. Oh, actually, I did know that. <laughs> I did. I, I fucking yeah, did. that was me. That was me in school. Every time I got something wrong <laughs> in school. Oh, actually, yeah, that I did actually know that. That's, that's right. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Actually, that's yeah, right. I knew it already, but yeah, all right. yeah, whatever. Uh, I, was just test- I was just testing you. See if, if you guys, if, if you guys right. notice, it's got the little red wings on the mask. That's how you, you can tell. Ah. It's got the little, little red triangles, you know? Uh, this is the one that also in the movie is, is it's three, I believe, where like the axe goes into like the one part of his head. Boom. And then that little cut is in the goalie mask for like the rest of the movies, even when he gets a new goalie mask later in the series. <laughs> yeah. That happens. Yeah. In, uh, and Jason takes Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So this movie, I, I, I really, it's terrible. I'm not going to mince words, but like, I like the last scene in the barn. Like, I don't hate it. I think it works really well. It's scary. Mm-hmm. You get to see Jason Voorhees hanging, you know, he gets hung in this movie hanged and he survives like he pulls himself off of a noose that's really cool yeah it's a cool image man and then he gets takes a fucking axe to the head and is like still like lumbering towards the final girl like that's fucking that's scary that really works um but other than that this movie's a hard piece of shit with terrible characters (laughs) but he has the man he's got the got it on this one he's got the juice he's got the juice no i don't yeah he the, the you know what somebody said it's coming together <laughs> that guy keep that one point. guy yeah keep going you're on to something <laughs> you're almost there yeah i i by this movie this movie definitively proves the fact that jason Voorhees is the best athlete out of all of the slashers oh my god yeah i mean easily He's That's like, never been in question, frankly, in my opinion. He, he hits people from the dock on a boat with a bow and arrow, like distance, 
with fucking distance. And through the eye, he shot a girl. Like, damn. Yeah, dude. Good aim. Good hand-eye coordination. Um, I bet you, I have a theory that the person who directed the remake, I think this was his favorite movie. Because there's a lot of callbacks in that. In my, uh, from my memory, there's a lot of callbacks in the remake to this one. Like him being really good at sports. And yeah, yeah. like, I mean, he wears a the, Like, doesn't he die in a barn too in the remake? Yeah, yeah that's true. He dies, he dies choking too which is yeah it's like it, it it's like it kind of puts him in like a wood chipper thing right or yeah, something a, a chain wrapped around his neck yeah. and the wood chipper is pulling the chain and he's i don't know i feel oh you know what though three i think had one of my favorite guys like cabin dwellers <laughs> the like, dude with the afro oh he's so <laughs> dumb <laughs> He's so stupid. He's yeah, he's always like very down on himself. He's like, I'm a fucking idiot. Or he's like, I'm <laughs> yeah, like I, you know, maybe maybe it's bad that I related to him the most, but I uh, <laughs> I just remember being like, that's the guy. That's he has my no, guy. No charisma, but he's supposedly this funny guy. Like that's mm-hmm. it's sad. It's a sad portrayal of a man who will never get laid. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a good? Ki- oh God, what's the good kill in this one, Chris? Uh, good kill in three. Well, that the, the problem with this movie is <laughs> there's no good kills. Well, I there understand. is one, but it's it's silly, and I like it because how bad it looks. It's it's a bad prosthetic head that gets crushed mm, with the eyeball. Just, yeah, with the eyeball yeah. popping yeah. up. It looks nothing. Looks nothing like the the actor. I think the worst kill, like. It doesn't look good at all, but when that guy's doing like he's doing like push-ups or something. Oh, he gets the uh, machete through his dick, you know, dick first. Uh, oh, no, 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 yeah, because somebody else. No, it's he's doing like a handstands or yeah, something. Yeah, we're talking about the same thing. We're talking about the same yeah, thing. yeah, and uh, that's gonna be a rough one. It's the bone tomahawk <laughs> murder death. Oh my god! Getting they crotch first with the machete and getting cut <clears> all the way through. <throat> Uh, pretty Juicy brutal. Dude. That's a brutal fight, but I man, that head crush made me laugh so much. <laughs> yeah, so funny. Um, so that's Friday the Thirteenth Part Three Day. Let's move on, guys. We're almost done. We're actually done. This is Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter. There's no more after. Oh, this. dude! Oh, sick, finally, sick, sick, dude! Sick, sick. Woo! All right, yeah, baby. Woo! Uh, directed Woo! by Joseph Zito. Uh, written by <laughs> Barney Cohen. It's got a Rotten Tomato score of 24%, audience score of 51%, box office 33 million, budget 2.2 million. 1984 was the release. 91 minutes young is the runtime. Wow. We made it this far, guys. I'm so glad. Dude. I'm so glad we did it. Dude, you the know? return of Tommy Savini coming Tom- back to. To kill off his creation. Took you 20 days to watch four movies, Chris. Okay. <laughs> I, well, you know. And the remake. And the remake. Yeah, yeah. Um, rumor has it that it was subtitled the final chapter as a result of feeling embarrassed by association with the series. Mm-hmm. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> the producers want to make anymore because they're like, oh, we know it makes money, but man. This is taking a lot out of us, like morally. <laughs> but then they saw the money and they didn't care. Um, first, Friday the 13th with three survivors, and one of them was a child. It's usually a final girl, but she got two, two survivors. And one of those being Corey Feldman. 
That's right, folks. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. Got to start in uh, Friday the 13th, part four. The young Tommy Jarvis. And he made some cool ass masks, man. That kid knew how to make a Halloween mask. They were terrifying. I mean, that was just like Tom Savini was like, make me a character. (laughs) Basically. But the kid, like his entire room is filled with Halloween, like cool looking Halloween masks. Like it's Mm -hmm. a cool, it's a cool visual to say the least. Is this the one, uh, just the one where he shaves his head at the end? Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. You got a problem with that? You don't like that thought? Why don't you like that, dude? That's a trick play, dude. (laughs) You think he did that? Hold on. You think when he did that, he was like, I'm a real actor now. He's like, I'm willing to cut my hair, even though, you know, it's clearly a a wig. You know, he was like, going places. I'm going somewhere. I mean, he did for a little bit. Yeah. You know, they they had to shoot his one scene in in another movie. They had to shoot it in his backyard because he was shooting the Goonies. Dude, we're like, all right. We need you to be in this one scene. He's like, fine, fuck it. I got to go make a Steven Spielberg produced film. (laughs) It's obviously not more important than Friday the 13th. Let me. Gotta finish Friday the 13th. It was the final chapter. (laughs) Um,. Yeah, I, I do really like this movie, actually, though. Okay. I think, I think it's yeah, the, probably this my is, favorite. This is definitely where it like catches its footing, finally. Like, if you are if you were to just show someone a Friday the 13th movie, I feel like this might be one of the ones you would actually, like, show them. Oh, absolutely. And I, I really think that having a family in this one, outside of the campers or the mm-hmm. teenagers, yeah. really, it really works. It makes it much scarier. Yeah. Uh, Especially because Tommy's a good kid, and I and I quite like him in, in this. Corey Feldman's a good actor. This so. plays against the oh, I can't wait to see a bunch of teens get murdered. Like, um, yes. mindset. Yeah, yeah, because the characters are, I guess, on some level likable and developed a little. Yeah, bit. <laughs> yeah, because like they have to be because it's a family. Yeah, you know, like it actually has characters, and you care about them outside of every other movie. <laughs> hey. It's got crispy gloves in it, baby. Mm-hmm. Crisping mm-hmm. gloves. Crisping gloves. Who has my favorite kill? Hey, Dan, where's the damn corkscrew? Shetty, right to the fucking face, man. It's good. It's a good one. And then he takes Crispin Glover's body and he nails both of his hands on the back door. So, like, when Ooh. you open the door, you just see his body hanging there. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I've always felt like that was... I, I get it. it's been a minute, but like, is he kind of written as seemingly the main character, or am I just off? Crispin Glover. Yeah, I always felt like he was, but maybe it's just because. I'd okay, Tommy's. Tommy's definitely like the main character, but like yeah, Crispin just, Glover is. I was like shocked when he died. The standout teen, yeah, I exactly. guess, because he's Crispin Glover. You know, exactly. Like, I feel like uh, I think you know Red Letter Media is actually doing this as well. Okay. They, they lined it up with me. They lined it up with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they talk about how, like, even with this film, like, you knew Crispin Glover was going to go somewhere because, like, he is the most memorable teenager in any of these movies. Like, yeah. So, just the it's way weird. he dances, the way he delivers his lines where he's, like, in the back of the car moping and. I'm a dead fuck. Yeah, that's... <laughs> and the guy's like, "Let me check my computer." 
Well, it says here you're a dead fuck. Whole <laughs> argument is there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and you like kind of care about him a little bit more than most of the teenagers in the movies. You're like, oh, he's trying to get laid, and he's, he's a hopeless loser, but he gets a girl at the end. You know, someone that cares about him, even though he's like shallow as fuck about it, which mm, fits the teenager, you know, yeah. perspective. That that works. Um. And then he gets takes the machete to the face, looking for a corkscrew. So it's all fun and games, right? It's all fun yeah. and games until you get a corkscrew in the hand and a machete in the face. Um, That's a pretty good joke, Jason. <laughs> that is a pretty good joke. You know, he was waiting for it. He's waiting for Dude, what line. if he didn't want the cork? Do you think Jason was just holding on to that of for course. Like a while? He's just standing behind him holding the corkscrew. He's like, he's going to say, because he's going to open a bottle of champagne. He's, I know he's, he's going to want champagne. He's going to want champagne. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically it's the Dr. Giggles leaving a message on your phone machine <laughs> waiting behind you <laughs> of the of the Freddy thir- Friday the 13th franchise. Um Yeah, so guys, that's it. We finished it. That's oh, it. Thanks oh, goodness, oh, dude. Wait. Oh no. Next film on my list is Friday the 13th. What? Did you just do the thing where like you had like a piece of paper and then it folded out much longer? (laughs) Basically, yes. I have my notebook. It'd be funnier. The the nine page Jim Lee drawing. I think it'd be more funny if you're like, uh, we have to stop recording. I have to. (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, God. (laughs) Not finish all of these films. I uh, Oh, booger snatchers. Oh, boy. (laughs) And how, how redundant of a title. A new beginning. A, a new like, beginning. Oh man, you could this just call one. it a beginning. Or... They should have called it Friday the Thirteenth, New Leaf, New Leaf, or turning, New Horizons. Turning my this one, making my this way one, downtown. I hate, I hate this one. Yeah, you don't, you don't like New Beginning. It's, it's not many people it's, like. I it. mean, I don't like it either, Dan. This one's agree. directed by a porn director. <laughs> Danny Steinman is no yeah. porn director. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Danny, not Donnie. Yeah. Danny Steinman is no. It's okay. It's more because at this point there is a bit of a lore. There is lore there, and uh, they're like, "Yeah, let's just fucking ruin it." <laughs> and yeah, like, but oh, like, okay. th- this one, Jason's not the killer. That's what I mean. Like, that's what I hate about it. Spoilers, guys. It's Ralph. Is his name Ralph? <laughs> yeah, he's Ralph, the, ambul- the medic. Yeah, the ambulance driver. Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> Who Ralph. got? He was really upset about how insensitive teenagers could be. <laughs> Steve, I think this is where we, when we tried our our watch, I think this is where we fell off all those years ago. I, dude, I think so, dude. Because I, I was like, no, I can't, I can't do this one. It's, um, it's. I, I think I, you could make the argument it's the worst, but I think. <sighs> Like, there's a lot of worsts. <laughs> it's hard to pick one in in the Friday the 13th series. So, I I personally have my worst. I know which one I couldn't watch. Because I, as bad as this one was, I did like some of the kills in it. I didn't think they were that terrible. Even though they cut away in a lot of stuff. Um, they didn't show a lot of gore. It just... At least it had a story that made some semblance of sense, even though it had nothing to do with Jason. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that for like other movies on this list. That's it is in the bottom three 
I this one say. has mute Tommy Jarvis. Yeah, mute uh, serial killer Tommy Jarvis. Who who picks up someone and suplexes them through a table. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. So that's one of my favorite scenes, and I really liked it. Um, actors and crew were hired under the ruse that they were shooting a film titled Repetition. Among the cast, lead actor John Shepard spent months volunteering at a state mental hospital to prepare for the role. And he felt really disappointed to discover that it was the fifth entry in the Friday the 13th series. Dude, that would suck. <laughs> that sucks so hard. Uh, Dick, <laughs> Dick Weiland stated that director Danny Steinman shot a fucking porno in the woods. You wouldn't believe the nudity they cut out. So that's the level of this film. Yeah, this one's this one's sleazy. This one's definitely like Very up there. Very sleazy. I don't you know, calling a Friday the thirteenth movie sleazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I know. It's... it's like so redundant at this point. Um eh, yeah, like this one I think is the sleaziest, though. I, I would say that. It's definitely the top, which man, it's really sleazy then. Has um, bikers. It's got bikers. Why? It's got barns. Why? got those enchiladas <laughs> i gotta take a note and that's always that's a fun scene in any movie right that where you're just watching a character take a shit while singing. you you and your best gal singing down by the porta potty <laughs> and it's so long that scene like oh god this, <laughs> this film is they drag everything out it's just drag everything out for a 92 minute runtime like oh mm. not enough on the bone for this film to, to be a movie um yeah that's a rough one that's a rough one um let's move on friday the 13th part six part six jason lives folks he lives <laughs> he lives ah! <laughs> no dude so uh if you watched of course friday the 13th the final chapter uh a, a little tommy jarvis uh, goes ham on on jason's face with a machete and you're thinking yeah David's thinking, oh, he's dead. He's never, he's that guy's For dead. Sure. That he's Jason dead. character, he's dead. I don't think he's coming back. He's not gonna come back. That's what he told me. And then he watched Jason Liz and he's and he texted me immediately and said, I was completely wrong. Excuse me. I'm, <laughs> I'm so such sorry. a fucking idiot. I am so sorry. Um, this movie, well, fun. this kind of is the I've read that or I've heard, watched, listened. I, I'm not sure, but like. I was under the understanding that this is almost the apology sequel because they knew people were pissed yeah. about part five. So in the very beginning, they, they're like, we don't care. Who cares? It's Let's very, just bring him back. You know, it, it actually it's the first Friday 13th movie to include an undead superhuman strong Jason, which is now yeah. the norm. And the screenplay introduced meta humor and introduced Gothic horror. And has like action film elements to it. Like it was doing something different. It was trying mm -hmm. to expand the world. It was trying to also like, <clears throat> it's at the point where they're like, who cares? Like that, like Devin was saying. Yeah. Let's, let's make it fun and goofy. This and, was the year I think most of us were born. This is 86, yeah, right? 1986 is film as old as us. Um, 37 oh, years boy. old now, guys. Holy oh, shit. Boy. Um, yeah, this I, I, I enjoyed it. I don't hate this movie. I think it's kind of fun. Um, is this I think the one with the sleeping bags? This is the one with the sleeping bags. This there you is go. the sleeping bag against the tree. The, the the one of my favorite kills, hands down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. 
Um, That's the iconic one. I would have liked if he kept going a little bit more, you know, mm. just kept swinging. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah, because it's just cause they, it's they were they were really. I think there is a lost version of this where like those scenes are longer. I think this is when the MPAA was getting like super strict on um, movies. Well, on, on this series, they seem to have like a severe hard on. You know. Oh, like, absolutely. They went hard on this, and you know what? They were right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I gotta they, say, you're right, you're right. They knew it was a sleazy, shitty, cynical series you know and it took a lot of flack and it yeah deservedly so i mean i'm not usually in the mpaa's corner you know anytime but like uh, these are ridiculous six is the one where it's tommy jarvis kind of doing like a frankenstein in the beginning right yeah so like he he is the reason that jason rises again it's his and this character. is like officially supernatural jason 100 yeah, and and he's his anxiety over the fact that he didn't think Jason was buried, that he somehow got out, is the reason that Jason gets out. I gotta say, dude, that is up there with Star Lord, um, <laughs> the Thanos moment. Like, yeah. big fuck up on Tommy. Big yeah. fuck up, Tommy. Tommy is a fuck up though. Like he he had one success. He did kill Jason, but now he's haunted by him. He has PTSD, obviously, and he, he got can't... too into the role. He got two. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. <laughs> He's in jail most of it, right? Yeah, so he gets he gets arrested pretty pretty soon into the film because uh, the cop, the I think he's a sheriff actually, does not like him because he's flirting with his daughter, who's also a character in this film. But we see Jason get shot by shotguns, pistols, get stabbed, doesn't gets, care, does not give a fuck. Like he just keeps coming, and I kind of like that aspect of it. I think it's fun. Yeah, Zombie Jason's my preferred Jason. For I agree. Sure. I agree. Yeah. I like I like the Frankenstein Jason. I, I think it yeah. uh, adds another level to the character. I think it um it makes him more iconic. Yeah, you, know? in the, in you can that see aspect. like his spine and stuff. It's yeah, he looks awesome in this. Movie. I mm. <sighs> listen. Fucking awesome. Do we think that the Halloween movies? weirdly would have been better if they just said fuck it he's a zombie i mean it's like, it's like like obviously it's like you're cribbing right but like you're cribbing off the cribber could be. you don't know and yeah yeah but i think you know. it, halloween ends really points to him being a mummy <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think i don't know how else to describe him in that movie <laughs> like he is a mummy in a tomb that somebody wakes up and he's angry mummy <laughs> and kills a bunch of people <laughs> yeah, it's, and his, uh, his evil mumminess is ruining a town at the same time. Yeah, our town has a mummy. <laughs> we got an American mummy over here. Uh, okay, where are we? Uh, the ending of the fifth film was retconned, where Tommy Jarvis was a serial killer. Thank God. Yeah. Um, oh, Tommy or, or Richie or whatever his name was. No, Tommy. Tommy Jarvis is in oh. the last film was a serial killer, and it's stupid. Um, that's right that's right yeah some consider this film to be the prototype for movies like scream it was the first movie that did like the meta horror meta comedy yeah it does uh, this is the one where he does that thing where he smushes a woman's face into a, like a door and like yeah dude <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah dude yeah dude this one's a lot of fun is this the one with the rv is the one with the, uh... where he's standing on the top of the rv i think so 
Because there, there's like a scene in one of them where it's like exactly a kid's like, this is great. This is great. This is great. Like it's he's having the most fun driving that RV. Girl gets killed in the bathroom. And then yeah. he gets killed. Yes. And then the yes. RV like flips yes. and it's like this yes. big set piece. Yep. Yep. And then there that that set piece that flipped over RV is like the sheriff comes there. Who's in the film and checks mm. to see what's going on. Jason's still in there. There's a standoff. He gets away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, yes. See, this is, unfortunately, these movies run together. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, I understand, especially after 12. <laughs> Jason shows up, murders people. I mean, don't ever hard. ask me any of the names of any character besides <laughs> Tommy Jarvis mm. and Creighton, the guy that's in Jason. Yeah. Jason goes to hell. Creighton Smith or whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> Ah, I think that's it. Uh, let's move on. <clears throat> so the next film is Friday the 13th, part seven, the new blood. <laughs> this is my favorite Jason look. Okay. This is the one with Kane Hodder and the spine showing, uh, movies stupid, but like this, this is, is the I spine. think this is, the... this is the spine showing. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But this, this Jason... has a really, really good, when you unmask Jason in this one, he looks yeah. really good. You know, and um, I mean, it's stupid how he gets unmasked, but whatever. Yeah. Hotter would go on in this film. This is a really cool fact. Our, uh, Hotter, Kane Hotter, would go on to make cinematic history for the longest uninterrupted on-screen controlled burn in Hollywood history. Really? So fucking badass. <laughs> I have that on your resume. That sounds yeah. badass, but also... That sounds like a really unprofessional shoot. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. No, he said <laughs> that too. He said, "I'm gonna keep going. Keep it but, going, baby. I'm barely burning, <laughs> barely burning, dude." So uh, this film was in. All right, so let's get out the the facts here. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score thirty five percent. Audience score thirty seven percent. Box office nine point two million. Budget two point eight million. I think it's the most expensive thus far. Nope. Last one was. Um, year 1988, runtime 88 minutes. So, this film is intended to have a higher standard of quality than the previous installments, with <laughs> high profile directors being considered. You guys want to know what director they reached out to? Who they try to get? Federico Fellini was considered as a trying to get Fellini? <laughs> what? what? The goat? They, got, they tried to get the goat? Holy <laughs> I read That's that wild. And, I'm, and I'm like, oh, you're you're so cute. You're so adorable. Yo, he fucked up, man. He should have took it. That's <laughs> money. Come on, Fellini. Get your paycheck. Kids college tuition with that money. <laughs> you can make Satyricon Part 2 with all that money. <laughs> <laughs> that in the bank. Uh, wow. The, the, the audacity. The horse sense, folks. Um can't be beat can't be beat that is the most audacious thing i think i've read in any chills <laughs> i really i was like wow for part guys, seven <laughs> you guys really are, are shooting for the moon aren't you um he didn't do it <laughs> weirdly <laughs> so i'll just give you a heads up it was uh john carl butchler of course oh oh yeah i mean uh, a and a1 Dude. You know, Fellini Jr., baby. That's <laughs> Fellini Jr. Uh, written by Manuel Fidelio and Daryl Haney. Um, this Paramount Pictures sought a partnership 
with New Line Cinema to create a crossover film between Jason and Freddy. This eventually came to fruition in 2003 with Freddy vs. Jason. It took, it started in 1988. Good idea. Dude, it wasn't made until 15 years after. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's the one with that sick scene where he has the axe? You know, I'm going to tell you from now on, all of these movies, besides the remake, are just keeping Jason relevant in the public eye so they can make Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> Probably I really very accurate. They were trying to do this for years. It was like, it's going to be the next movie, and it wasn't. And they were like, okay, well, we have to make a Jason movie so people don't forget about fucking Jason. So they make another one, and they're like, okay, the next one, Freddy vs. Jason. Nope. Gotta make another one because they're going to forget. They're going to forget. People are going to forget about Jason. And they make another one. So the next one on this list is Friday the 13th Part 8 Jason Takes Manhattan This is uh, I mean I think this is the bad one among the bad ones Now I'll take that satisfied groan from Devin as saying that this is his favorite Friday the 13th <laughs> I feel like this is the one Devin talks about the most He does and let's be honest He constantly talks about the scene where the guy punches uh, where Jason punches the boxer guy <laughs> Alright listen listen that <laughs> is objectively awesome so you know like uh, uh gsp could do that in a, in an mma fight uh, you <laughs> so know if all he had is just a little bit more cardio he would have been fine <laughs> totally would have ran out of ga- he gassed himself out dude that's what happened right. get that's gassed out fight with anderson silver and he punched a guy's head off and i was like it's totally possible <laughs> it's, totally it's totally doable possible. dude why not <laughs> um this I, I love the nightly purges of the new york sewer system this, this that they do this this movie twenty minutes of this movie takes place in Manhattan quotations over Manhattan yeah Toronto Toronto Tr- Manhattan Tr- Toronto <laughs> <laughs> it's um it's a letdown it's it's cheap it's a con of a movie mm-hmm. you know let's be honest it's supposed to be a movie about Jason in New York and it's not until the last fifteen minutes of the movie that he's actually in New York the rest of the movie's on a boat. Jason on a boat. I mean, it's so weird because, like, the concept... I mean, I guess it's a budget thing, but, like, the concept of him in the city is awesome. Dude, it was the same same year, I think, as Muppets Take Manhattan. Everybody's taking Manhattan that year, dude. <laughs> it's just like, they dude... they took more of Manhattan, though? I think dude, I'm gonna say... Definitely the Muppets, dude. <laughs> Kermit became, like, an, a, like a, an ad executive. What year What year was that? Was this? Um, it was 88? 19 oh wow i didn't write it down. no 1989 1989 okay 1989 why why were you asking just just generally i was just wondering what other manhattan movies were out in 1989 oh you know what's interesting in this one (laughs) batman uh you could see on one of the signs in um in a a, uh uh times square Yep. A big Batman 1989 the movie ad. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. John, I would say the closest film to this in the time period where is was... Do the Right Thing, right? <laughs> Actually, that's just also fun. in New York City. Uh, it was probably... I just looked up movies. It was big, I think. It was big. There was a scene in Times Square that I remember, and it looks just like Jason. Which Batman one? Like the where where they're out oh, in in Times Square. There's a yeah. lot of New York in Big. Yeah, Big's all of it takes place. In, in New York and New Jersey, you know, parts of New Jersey. But <clears throat> yeah, like that one is uh, <laughs> the one that actually showcases New York. <laughs> this is, this is not right. <laughs> this is just, this is a cheap ripoff. 
something like that. Um, I would love like another swing at this one though, because again, conceptually, it's it's pretty great. <laughs> is it? Is yeah. it though? <laughs> yeah, dude. I, the, I ideal can... wise, you honestly, you could split these two ideas into two separate movies, where it's like Jason on a boat being yeah. a movie, yeah. and Jason, Jason, movie. Jason takes Tokyo. How about that? Is that well, it was thing? Steve. It's funny as you say that it was two ideas, and they mashed them together. I knew it. You can tell. So yeah, you definitely. It's so disjointed that it it makes sense. When are they going to do a Jason vacation movie? Chevy and Jason just going across the country together. And Jason is somehow still more likable. Yes. Jason. In real life and, and uh, in the yeah. movie. Uh, this holds a Rotten Tomatoes score of 11% with an audience score of 27%. Box office, $14.3 million with a budget of $5.5 million, Most expensive. Friday thirteenth film today. Had to buy that boat. Had to buy a the Lazarus and put it in Crystal Lake. Had to buy a weird like they pretend it's like a cruise line, but it's <laughs> definitely like a cargo ship. It's an old cargo ship that they retrofitted to look slightly like a cruise ship. Is uh, oh, I don't know what they were thinking with this one, Devin. I don't know what. You're <laughs> I just I just love it so much. Uh, Hundred minutes. Why is it the longest? <laughs> Two movies put in one, man. Oh, I had that girl with the guitar. She was my favorite. <laughs> Directed by Rob Hedden. <laughs> written by Rob Hedden. Um, only in New York City, the last 20 minutes. Rob Hedden, the biggest Rob, thing we could... Rob Hedden to the soup kitchen after this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the biggest thing we could do with Jason is to get him out of that stupid lake where he's been hanging out. As the, as the director dude why are these people all like they just hate this franchise and they're so stupid about it too it's like he's yeah. always hanging out that lake we gotta get him out of there he's having too much get him out of that dumb lake <laughs> he's he's being held back Chris, um, how do you feel like the Let It Cook guys feeling at this point is he like alright uh, I mean uh so okay it's it's a new environment, you I know. Wait, how long is he on the boat for? <laughs> That's that guy. Just wait, yeah. Oh, he's getting off that boat any minute. He's not. Minute. He's he's not actually a child at the end. That's just what she's seeing <laughs> in, in her head. I don't know why there were hallucinations in this movie. I don't Dude, care. they'll get back on track in the next one. I promise <laughs> it won't be that weird. <laughs> um, they were going to have a scene on the Brooklyn Bridge in a boxing match between Jason and the character he punches his head off of uh, at MSG Madison Squeak on but due to budget this at never the happened. garden it's never happened I've been in the garden like fucking they just thought they're like he's got enough juice still in the <laughs> eighth one they're gonna Come on, be, just let us film here. They're gonna Dude, I, Square Garden's gonna pay us for this. <laughs> yeah. I, I guarantee you they could have got Freddy into MSG. Dude. <laughs> oh, dude. I see, that's the thing. I again, this is another example of a movie made just to keep Jason relevant in everybody's eyes. Until Freddy versus Jason. 
That's this is all this is. It feels kind of like the Dick Tracy thing where like he has to make like an appearance as Dick Tracy every few years to keep the license. (laughs) That's such a weird Warren Beatty fact. Actually, I think you might be onto something there because I think the licensing was an issue because eventually New Line Cinema does pick up the Jason Voorhees license. It still is an issue to this day. Like they recently just settled that, I think. Well, the thing is, you can get Jason Voorhees as an icon, but you can't get Tommy Jarvis. That's a totally different, you know, uh, copyright. And a totally <laughs> I mean, what are they going to do without Tommy Jarv, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Pack it up, I guess. Um, most of it was shot in Vancouver, not Toronto, but hey, same. Oh, Vancouver. Yeah, I'm sorry. The city of New York sued Paramount for its use of the "I Love New York" logo. Oh wow, that's funny. Okay, okay. iconic. Iconic. They, they were just like, come on, we got to make some bank off this. <laughs> I think they shot in New York like illegally too. Yeah, and they the places they were going to shoot not would have skyrocketed the budget by a third. So mm. it would have been Kane Hodder apparently movie. said it was his favorite time as Jason when he was shooting in New York because people were were watch were, people were lined up around the block to watch him. And he would just stare at them. He'd like turn his head and give them the look and they would freak out. And he's like, you know what? It's worth it just for Kane Hodder to be happy. Yeah. I'm glad Kane Hodder had a good time. I'm going to say something controversial. Uh Um, I don't like when they just take Kane Hodder and put him into other serial killer roles. Like I believe they made Kane. I think they made Kane Hodder Leatherface recently. Yes, Yes, they did, sir. And they are like two different vibes. I don't think it was recent though. I think that was like in uh, that might have been three. Actually, yeah, three. now I'm thinking about it. But like they're they're very different vibes. Those two you're, characters. You're absolutely right, and uh, I feel like Kane Hodder was you know typecasted at some yeah. point in his career, and that's the only roles he got. So I understand why. Yeah, yeah, you get to be the monster in the monster movie. I mean, like, cool. I guess it's like what, like he, because he kind of had a run in that Hatchet series, uh, which if I think the first Hatchet movie is actually a, Gary. Are you talking about Gary Paulson? No, Victor Crowley. Gary Paulson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Adam <laughs> Green's Hatchet, the, the classic young adult novel that we all read, I think, and Brian's song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Winter version of Hatchet. A child called It. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Not to be confused with It. Uh, wait a second. Hold on. Uh, it's, it's, uh, Joe King's It. I mean, Kane Hodder was on like episodes of Star Trek and shit. Like, yeah. Uh, I bet you he was a freako alien. He was. Stop yeah, it. Of course he was. He was a Jem Hadar, okay? Jem Hadar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking God. Okay. Nerd, dude. Uh, so let's move on. Jason goes to hell the final Friday. Yeah. Um, all right, so I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. This is my least favorite. Yeah, no, this one stinks. This one is like a student film meets yeah. insanity. Well, actually, it's funny you mentioned that, Steve, because this is Adam Marcus's first film out of film school. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> and due to a shower scene in which an actress didn't want to shoot in the nude. He was removed as director in the final few days. Whoa. Ew. Ew. Dude. Uh, okay. It's Fucking. Disgusting. Yeah, dude. What the fuck? I can only imagine what that was. Oh, oh, my imagination. Like, yeah, that's. Um, I'll say this. It has 
like the beginning, I think, is the best part and the most yeah. interesting part because yeah. I love the idea. Because in this case, it's like you can always argue that the Friday movies are always like in a bubble, right? Well, the Friday movies are great because of Chris Tucker and like, yeah, oh, so dude, the Friday Thirteenth movies are <laughs> shot in a bubble, right? Yeah, they're in a bubble. Like, there's a lake, like there's a sheriff, but that's it. But this is like, no, the FBI is aware of this guy, and they're definitely want to kill him and, and it, i really like the beginning of this because like the first yeah. couple kills are so over the top and silly that you know mm-hmm. like something's different like oh yeah. wait they're make, kind of making fun of jason in the beginning and then he gets blown up <laughs> <laughs> gets fu- like isn't it it's like a huge explosion right like they yeah, throw like grenades at him and stuff right it's multiple like t- 10 or 15 uh, SWAT team members shooting at him all at once and then throwing grenades at him at the same time. It's is, so good, dude. Very over the top. That is awesome. It's pretty fun. and But the rest of this movie is an illogical, convoluted mess of a movie without Jason. It's like, yeah, that, I mean, that's the worst part. It's so stupid. He's like, the worst part. This Creighton Smith guy comes to town. He's like a monster hunter. And he knows all of these things that were never mentioned in any of the Jason movies, but he knows for a fact this about Jason. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. They uh, needed to give him a, a Loomis, dude. Basically. Nah, you, know what, you know what they should have did in Jason X? Send that guy into the past. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That would have ruled. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, I, I kind of think... Creighton, <laughs> you fucking imagine, dude? Creighton Smith. Creighton Smith. Was, it was supposed to be Tommy Jarvis. Uh, New, New Line had the rights. Now just purchased the rights for Jason, but that did not include the Tommy Jarvis character. So they had to write this guy named Creighton Smith, who is a bounty hunter man. Just, of course. Of uh, course. Of course. Um, this is the first film to be distributed by New Line Cinema. Um, second worst performer of the series has a Rotten Tomato score of fifteen percent, audience score of twenty four percent, box office fifteen point nine million, and a budget of three million. Um, I'll tell you though, the cover of this, the VHS cover, sick. Oh, with like the little worm coming out of the mask. Yeah, and it's like a stainless steel metal mask, dude. Yeah. I mean, nobody would see it, but if this was about something other than Jason, mm-hmm. maybe would have been a little better, you know, of a, of a movie. Yeah, because it's barely a Jason movie. I like the idea that they keep tricking that one actor into thinking he's being in different movies, and he's, like, doing, like, research, and then it's like, what do you mean it's the ninth Jason movie? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. That is so <laughs> funny. Like, he has no idea what he's making. Uh, I... Th- Fellini left him three voicemails to warn him. <laughs> no, don't do, don't do it. If you write the name backwards, it spells Jason. <laughs> um, so, Steve, I don't know if you knew this, guys, in general. Um, uh, Jason's a deadite, according to this film. Yeah, the Necronomicon is in this movie. Yep. And it's not, it's like, sometimes you, you get this cute little cameo, like, he spends like a minute reading that book, doesn't he? In this movie, like yeah, they take a good long look at it. Yeah, it's not. It's not a, it's not a cute. Yeah, it's not cute. Like it's like it ain't cute. Like, What's this? And not only that, Sam Raimi loved it. He's like, yeah, go ahead, do it. It's great. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, Jason. At this point, is obviously iconic. When did and this one come out? Nineteen ninety-three. Yeah, there's a little bit of a break between this and the other yeah, ones, right? Yeah. And I think because they were just trying to get Freddy versus Jason made, and then this, they were like, "We got to put some out." So that was like around the same time as like Army of Darkness. So yes, yeah, okay. yeah. So you know, Sam Raimi still around, still making great movies. You know, at least a, he had a, a really big role as a producer in the '90s. So like, mm. he had his fingers fingers in every pie, and I'm sure he knew about this, and was like, "Fine, sure, I don't care." Yeah, he's an old prop. That's yeah. great. That sounds like and great. and again, it's like it's like, dude, you're he's you want an icon to be connected to my thing? All right, sick. Yeah, that's well, like why not? It's a win win. But I think other people, I think Sam Raimi's an exception for that. You know? Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. They're just too many money grubby assholes that don't care about dude fun. <laughs> yeah, so I'm watching the intro scene, like where they blow him up, and that dude, the first guy. Just one hand shoots him right in the forehead with a magnum. <laughs> yeah, dude. And he's like, oh, God. He's still, he's still, he's still kind of walking. There. Dude. Still walking. Yeah, dude. He's still going. And like, I like how a lot of bullets ricochet off his machete, uh, which is a nice little touch, you know? It's it's just uh, such a mess. Such a mess of yeah. movie. And uh, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on. I'm going to move on. A road trip Jason movie could have been cool. Uh, you know, basically Jason X. He's a road trip in space. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, not even close. No, yeah. So Uh, X X is the next one. X is the next one. Jason X number ten. Sort of, isn't it? I thought it was. When did Jason X come out? Jason X came out in two thousand and two. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. With Freddy versus Jason, Uh, but uh, at the end of uh, nine. That's yeah, like that's true. okay. Yeah, that's that's where I got the confusion. The Freddy glove pulls the mask down, dude. That blue. I will say this: I watched Jason goes to hell. I think more than any of the other ones. It was just like it was on on cousins. Like my cousins were were always watching it. And one that scene where he skewers the couple having sex in the tent cool. was ridiculously brutal. Not only does he skewer them, Devin, he cuts a woman in half. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, that's right. It, like he like pulls it out of her shoulder. Yeah, dude, that's a good one. Half. Yeah, it's a good one. And then the Freddy thing, which I, I think, think my, this was what? my favorite death in this is Jason blowing up. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, but also, like I don't know, man. Just the that's idea, cool, cool the Freddy, the Freddy versus Jason. Like this is, I think, was around the time like where I read the alien versus predator book, like the novelization that had come out. Mm. Uh, so I was like, Oh yeah, As I'm all Osmo, about this. Right? Isaac Osmo wrote that. I think, um, card. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it was card. <laughs> the guy wrote foundation. I think maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Jason X guys. It is the worst performer. Uh, but with a budget of 14 million box office of 17.1 million. Rotten Tomatoes scored 19%, audience scored 25%, year 2002, of course, runtime 92 minutes. Basically a refresher for the audience, like I've been saying before. Uh, it was made to keep Jason relevant before the production of Freddy vs. Jason. Uh, Roger Ebert, this sucks on so many levels. <laughs> no, it does. It's um, 
Whoa, whoa, you telling me Camp Crystal Lake Research Facility sucks, dude? <laughs> Wait, listen, I'll say this. I, I will say this. I never watched it, and then I had caught I caught the end of it one like one morning. And um, you know, I, I think it's it's very obvious that the budget on this is is not this looks like a sci-fi movie. Yeah, it does. Um and yeah. the scene, the scene where like he like tackles him in space. You know, looks so bad. And I was like, wow, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. And then I watched it like fully at some point. And I was like, okay, this is a lot more tongue in cheek than I thought it was, which mm-hmm. made it a lot less painful, but it's still really, really bad. I kind of liked the VR scene in it. It didn't look that bad. Oh, the uh, the, the holodeck part? Like, yeah. dude, it, yeah, but I'm just saying, if you, like, just watch well, a trailer, like it's just, it's yeah. so, dude, just watch a trailer for this, like, it's so cheap. It, yeah, it, yeah like, that's the reason why it was the lowest performer. It yeah. looked cheap, even in the trailers. I think they reused a lot of sets from other television shows, too. Mm. It just looks like, like, uh, what's that fucking Kevin Sorbo show that he had? Hercules? No, it was the sci-fi show. Oh, Hercules in space. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I don't got much to say about this. It's just, eh, it's just so stupid, and it's. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. I, I like, I like the nanobite suit. I think it looks like the nanites costume. It looks cool, dude. I think it looks cool. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm like, ooh, okay. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. It looks um it looks like that it should be in Jason X. That's all yeah. that's all <laughs> right for Devin. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. You know what? Fair. Uh, Fair, but still. You know they, they got him too. They were gonna use I don't know if you guys remember this, but they kept the body because he can regenerate dead flesh and they were going to sell that to like, I yeah, I didn't know the lore scientist or something. Isn't that their one funny joke though, where he's like, Oh, you guys, he just wanted his machete back and then oh, he gets yeah. cut in half. And mm-hmm. I, I listen, that kind of chuckle when I watched it again. Well, the, like, cool <laughs> thing about, the cool thing they set up is like people can lose arms and legs and they can, they have like these beds. They like, yeah, they that's right. Regenerates mm-hmm. limbs. So they're just, Losing parts of their body and then getting them regenerated. They should use that more because that's so funny. That is very funny. I wish they really pressed on that. Like people having like, I gotta go in the bed again. This got my arm, my same arm. Cut oh god damn it! Yeah, like, <laughs> like, there's one guy who keeps getting his same arm son cut of off. A bitch! Like, I just guys, wanted that guy. You gotta cut this out, my guy. It's like that joke in Blade. Yeah. yeah. That's what it should have been, you know? And they're always good. Mm-hmm. I love a good arm cut. <laughs> Remember Hot Tub Time Machine where it's all about it, the Christmas suspense of him losing his arm? Oh, oh, and I love that oh, scene. Oh, did we lose? What happened? Uh, oh, did we lose Devin? Devin? Devin. You know what? Gone? I think we lost Devin. Wait. Oh, okay. Wait, <laughs> there you go. Wait. Oh, now oh, it says he's oh, offline. Oh, oh, now he's yellow. Hold on. Now he's yellow. Hold on, everybody. You're now experiencing this with us, Devin. Oh, well, I'm back. Sorry uh-huh. about that. Devin just got right. killed by Jason. And did I? Did I robot out? Is that what happened? No, you just, you just, you just like cut blanked out. out. 
Oh no! It's you okay. Passed out. You were man. like, you know, the one thing I out. love, and then you just got silent. <laughs> it's it's you know it's fitting for Jason X too because there's nothing. Yeah. To love about that <laughs> oh, I was talking about the scene in Hot Tub Time Machine where the joke is the suspense of the guy who lost his arm. Oh, yeah, Ironically, I think played by Crispin Glover. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, so I just love a good arm, an arm gag, arm arm uh, amputation gags are in. Yeah. All right, they're in. So they're it. fucking in, dude. They're well, in, my guy. Christopher Nolan. Yeah. The uh, Noel Mall. Noel Mall. We want more arm amputation jokes. Noel Mall. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, guys. This is what we all came here for. Freddy versus Jason. Woo! Woo! Finally. Finally. Dude. Yeah. No, listen. Yeah. Hell yeah. We all went on a journey just as the producers of jason movies have and we finally made it to what this was all moving towards and it's a pretty great movie you know it might it's be, fun it might be my favorite jason movie no what it might it yeah <laughs> it is <laughs> it's a hundred percent yeah i think four is like straight up uh, you know jason <laughs> it's the best one but this is Ooh. probably the best movie with jason in it now where does it land on the freddy movies mm, dude top three top three yeah i'd say okay. that's fair I'd i think i think it's like depending on how you feel about the first one but i think maybe three one jason three one freddy versus jason Ooh, okay yeah yeah i, I you can know? get behind that i can get behind that because i hate the way the first one ends I do too. I know it's not like his fault, really, but I do too. You know, Freddy versus Jason. I don't rules. believe in you. Yeah, that's not... yeah, Freddy versus Jason fucking slaps. What if Jason pulled the mom out Fox. from the door in the original? <laughs> it would at least it would make more sense. <laughs> well, what if his mom wasn't a balloon that got like a sex doll that got pulled through? <laughs> through. A very you obvious. Can't help it that that actress is just like that. <laughs> Um, cool. written by or directed by uh, Freddy vs. Jason, of course. Rotten Tomatoes score forty two percent, audience score fifty percent. Um, budget or box office one hundred and sixteen million dollars, big time, big time. Yeah, budget thirty million. Uh, year uh, tw- uh, two thousand three. Runtime ninety eight minutes. Um, directed by Ronnie Yu, written by Damian Shannon and Mark Swift. Um. This would be Robert Unglund's last performance as Freddy as well. I mean, if you're going to go out. Yeah, I think you should have never gone out. Well, this is, you know, what also is a shame. Um, This Kane Hodder was not Jason in this. And the reasoning behind that was they wanted somebody to completely tower over Robert Unglund. And they chose a stunt double for Kane Hodder when he couldn't do some scenes. Who was six foot six? Yeah, Kane and I think I think he's a great Jason, but like I also, you know, I want my boy Kane in there. Yeah, yeah. Like, the way he, he really did have the physicality like that. Yeah. I just really would have loved to have seen. Um, and I do, you know, I, I guess I get it, but still. So, uh, Rob Putan was originally uh, tapped to direct, of course, the makeup artist for The Thing and a few other John Carpenter movies, but 
over the course of many years, he dropped out. Um, Gamero Del Toro and Peter Jackson were considered. They both said no. I mean, um, you, you said like the movie was like an idea in 88. I mean, I think this, it really did. This movie famously went through so many different scripts. And I mean, everyone from David Goyer to two head writers of King of the Hill gave this script a go. Like <laughs> a two-headed yeah. writer, one <laughs> two-head writers. Oh, of King of the Hill. That was he kept making jokes time. about. He's like, "What if they? What if the heads get cut off of this two-headed man?" Uh, one ending was planned with Pinhead appearing, but New Line that would have, that would have fucking ruled. I'm sorry, that would have ruled. They couldn't get the rights. You can't get the rights to Pinhead. That guy is his own. He's got the best people representing him. Also, um, so- children, look at my balls. That's what <laughs> would be his line in this film. Very surprising that this movie um, didn't like. And again, I think getting a sequel has has proven to be very difficult too. But like, this did really well. Yeah, it did, and it, it very much. Did shocking that like they didn't it, they didn't figure it out you know well it shame. it's just a matter of rights that's really what it all came down yeah to. like new line bought the rights while this whole discussion was occurring and it became much easier to make this the this movie because new line owed both freddie and jason so it was like yeah but i mean like eventually currently they still do own yeah. Like I, I know, there's well, some arguments about other I versions of the IP. I think, yeah, right? They, That's... they do own Jason the IP, but they yeah. don't own any of the supporting characters or anything else. But I mean, fuck it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I know. I know there was like a big uh, legal thing where it was like the writer from the first Friday the Thirteenth was like trying to claim jason even though like he's not even like in that movie yeah well Well, the little freako they give give a credit to um to victor miller in like every movie because it is his character yeah you know yeah um like that's pretty common in most series too like they'll they'll have like characters by or story by whoever originally wrote the script yeah i think like they just settled that yeah, I think he was what he was asking for. It's like the moment you write a script for a production company, they own the IP, not you. Like right. They bought that script with that IP. That is not yours. So I don't know how that even got to a court case. Yeah. Well, really makes sense. Uh, Chris, have you ever watched the Freddy versus Jason Las Vegas weigh in video? No. <laughs> so this is they they did while they were promoting the film. They got all done up in the makeup, and people are asking them questions about their trading, and Freddie's just being awesome. And like they're like, Jason, uh, you know, your controversial training, uh, do you have anything to say about it? And he just, like, says nothing. Oh, uh, you know, of course, right? And then they have the official weigh-in, and it's just, dude. Yeah, you know, Fred, Freddy's in a red robe, and he's just, like, he's doing you know, boxing in it. It would, it would, uh... I think Freddie would be the least controversial UFC fighter. <sighs> There's no, I, I, I hear no lies. <laughs> no lies there. No lies detected. Oh, um, I mean, when it comes to Conor McGregor and Freddy Krueger, I mean, who, who's the bigger monster? <laughs> <obvious>. <laughs> um, 
yeah, this movie's great. I, I implore anybody to go out, even if you have a passing interest in either Freddy or Jason, to go see this because it's just fun. It's not a masterpiece by any stretch, but yeah. it's a good time. It has actually has one of my favorite kills ever, which is the uh, the bed kill. Oh, he stab- yeah. He stabs him like 15 times. You're like, oh, that's gnarly. And then he bends him backwards, you know? He does the posturepedic. Yeah. I like. Move. And, like, I just, every, not everyone, but, like, Freddy gets his moments to shine. Jason gets his moments to shine. It's uh, deliciously gory. Yeah. Like, they fucking carve each other up. And it's like, yeah, this is what I want. And, you know, whether it was a year before or a year after, but, like, when AVP came out, I was like, yeah, no, this is like exactly not how to do it. Like, it's yeah, terrible. I know, right? <laughs> how do you like, fuck that up? Christ. The yeah. prototype's right there. Just do that. <laughs> so good, dude. Um, um, I really, yeah, yeah this is it's honestly be- one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. Ever? Man. Ever, dude. I love this movie. It's up there. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, okay, let's move on to our last film of the evening. And that, of course is the lamest friday 13 <laughs> you really think it's the lamest no i mean it might be if you compare it to a lot of the other jason movies it's good compared to those you know like yeah. it's a, a passingly good friday the 13th film but like if you look at it outside of all of that outside of the, the context it's not that good like, <laughs> this was a movie that fair. I was That's so fair. psyched from the trailer based on the big baseball bat um, oh, machete swing. Or was it an axe swing? I forget what it was. Yeah. Then when you see the movie in theaters, they do the same cut they do in the trailers because oh. it suffers from the thing that we talked about earlier, Chris. Movie being PG-13 when it should yeah. be. That's really, I think, the crux. That's right. This was PG-13. Mm-hmm. And I think, listen. This, so this, weird. This director, the guy who directed this, uh, Marcus Nispel, he did he did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. And that, of course. That was, was that was my, that's where I got confused. Because, like, that was hard art. Yeah. Great, honestly, really good movie. Great yeah, remake. Yeah, people love that one. I, yeah. I really like it. I think it's a yeah. great remake. And if they just would have stuck with that, stuck with the hard R, this could have been the best Friday the 13th film. It really could have been. It had the potential. Yeah. And I think there is a hard R floating around, but I hate to say it. He keeps I keep saying hard just... R, and I keep, I keep thinking it's yeah. something different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can, you, can, you stop, can you stop saying yeah. hard, R? hard R? Rated R, I believe the rated R cut. Uh, it's honestly, it's just more of that of that boob scene. This is more of that dude banging that chick. Yeah, see, I that stuff is totally not interesting in a Friday versus uh, Friday Thirteenth. It just doesn't matter at this point. Like, I'm so yeah, that over that. Pretty great. I'm, I wasn't. I love that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I um, yeah, like nudity in these movies. There's only like a handful of actresses that I actually think are attractive in all yeah. of these. And, uh, yeah, I just, after you see the same pair of titties over and over again. Yeah, again, yeah. It, when you speed run these movies, I can imagine them being. It's just like, oh, titties again. All right. Yeah, I guess we're, I guess we're doing that now. All right. Cool. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, more tits. About that time. Um, Friday 13th, Rotten Tomatoes score 25%, audience score 46%. 
box yeah. office 92.7 million budget 19 million uh 2009 made in 2009 and runtime of 97 minutes um so uh michael bay's platinum dune spent a year trying to secure the rights with paramount keeping international distribution and new line taking the u.s distribution um it was shot in austin texas which again once you see the woods you're like this isn't new jersey <sighs> you're a little upset um <laughs> casting was more difficult because of the 13 young actors needed for production as uh, always it's like a lot easier back in the day when you just be like hey kid you want to be in a fucking movie and they're like yeah, yeah. Right, sure, yeah whatever it's always like, talk to my agent dude yeah that's it must be so much more complicated to fill a cabin full of teenagers to murder nowadays <laughs> um 25 shots in the film needed digital effects and that includes the sleeping bag over the fire scene which i thought i thought that was practical and huh. of course the actress wasn't in there but thought they did it for real but nope it was superimposed superimposed fire superimposed girl in a sleeping bag and mm. it looks good it looks it looks it looks good Solid. I did not know that. Yeah, me either. You know, yeah, like a lot of these digital effects are like touch ups, which, you know, I got to say, that's the way to do it. You know? Yeah. That's how you should do it. Um, let's see. Second highest grossing film in the Friday the 13th series. Um, this one is, it's a movie. It's fine. <laughs> fine. It's. It's no better or worse than the best or worst Friday the 13th movies. Um, it's very much in the middle of the pack, I would feel. And overall, kind of forgettable, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the toughest part about, you know, when you do these, Chris, is like, you just watch the same movie 12 times in a row. Yeah, you know? Like, it's like, <laughs> kids cabin maybe a spaceship but it's still like kids he kills them same formula maybe it's a boat same formula and it's the only thing that things that shake it uh, up are the yeah. ones that are that are interesting you know the thing yeah that either add humor or they add like characters you can care about or there's a crossover of another character that you like quite a bit like those are the ones that last the longest yeah so, and then this one yeah this one is like yeah, i don't know if it played it safe is the right word but it's like they didn't try anything new except just be like a more modern version of Jason. And, and it's and like, like Steve said, it was softer too. It was a softer, yeah. So soft version of Jason, which nobody <laughs> wants. Nobody wants that. Of course not. Um, yeah. This series is not good. And I, <laughs> I, 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 I'd probably say as a whole, it's a kill the whole series, but mm-hmm. I think there's some fucks in there floating around. Uh, Chris, I would, and I mean, at this point, I would understand if you're like, no, I'm good. But I remember a couple of years ago, and this just kind of like reminded me to look into this. There was a a short film, this this YouTube channel called Womp Stomp Films. They did at least one like 20-ish minute long YouTube video of like a Jason movie. And it's just called like Never Hike Alone in the Woods or something like that. And it's Jason just like in the woods, in the snow. Right. And it's, it's interesting. You know what I mean? It's not just very standard. It's almost kind of like, 
you know, seven-ish. You know, it, th- there's just more thoughts to it than just he runs around and kills Got some people. interesting ideas. Mm. Yeah, and I literally, I just looked it up, and uh, apparently his, he just made, like, the third one, and it's like an hour and 12 minute long YouTube video. Uh, it came out two weeks ago, but um, I don't know, you know? Um, again, you're probably super burnt out on it, but... Here's the deal, though. It's a series and a franchise that still hasn't made their best movie yet. <sighs> so that actually sounds awesome. Like so when you right. think about it, there's potential, yeah. right? Like you could, if somebody really had a solid idea that really mixed things up mm-hmm. and did something different, and it's a Friday Thirteenth movie, it has 100 percent the potential to be the best of all of them. Yeah. But, you know, who's going to finance a wacky idea like that instead of these movies, which still make money, as we can tell, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's not the quality isn't making the money here. It's the name. It's the character. So I would assume that even if it's a wacky idea, the producer would be like, oh, it's got Jason in it. Sure. That's would be my idealistic viewpoint of them making another one. Yeah. Like, you could do whatever you want because people are only coming here to see Jason. They don't care about the plot or the characters. So you can go ham and do what you want. And I think you could make a great Friday the 13th movie that way. For sure, yeah. You know? But, um, yeah, like, I guess there's potential. That's the most optimistic I could be about the Friday the 13th series. That's that's where it ends. <laughs> there's potential it's, to make a great one. What a romantic statement. It is, you know. Never, it's a it's a franchise that hasn't made its best movie yet. And you know, like a, a good filmmaker worth his worth his salt. That's all it would take. What's Fellini up to? <laughs> Get him dead. on here. He's dead. Dig him up. Dig him up, Chris. Dig him up. Why don't we just have Kur- Kurosawa to make a Jason movie? But he's a samurai Ronin. Oh, dude. Wow, the time travel. Yeah, put him in the back in the I woods. I already like it. <laughs> <laughs> He's just seven samurai, but he just holds them all off by himself because he's unkillable. Let's, let's dig up Mufune, put him in a hockey mask. Let's see how it works. See how it works. See how it plays. Let's exhume, ex- exhume his body and just and have somebody wear his face. Give <laughs> him a hockey mask. Uh, hockey I think that's mask. the Onimusha uh, show coming out. <laughs> yeah, Give him the hockey mask. Just put it over the hockey mask. Yeah. His face. <sighs> And, you know, maybe a Federico Fellini. Maybe. Ryan Gosling as Toshiro Mifune as <laughs> Jason Voorhees. <laughs> There's a real, like, wistful scene where he's staring off into the woods. Like, <laughs> my name is Jason Timberland. Jason Timberland. <laughs> Timberland. What? Yeah. He's, he's so, uh... Constantly. So Chris, what's next? The Chucky movies? Is that Charles Actually, Is that... um, I have an idea already, and I okay. will be going through the beginnings and some of the middles of found footage horror movies. Ooh. Oh, oh, Chris, that is something that I never got to talk to you directly. I brought it up on the last podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. But Steve, I watched the first one. I, I didn't watch the the, oh, the most dude. recent one, but. Dude, don't even I, I, I see what you were talking right about. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get it now. What, what dude, talking about the Kane Pixels, uh, the oldest oh, view. Dude, yes, I watched that. Yes, that I might be that. like in line with you talking about found footage. That might be one of the best like found footage like things made 
It's so good, isn't it? By somebody who's just like, I, I don't know, that kid's like 16, 17, 18. I don't know his actual age, but. Oh, so he's a true sicko. That's what you're saying. Oh, yeah. As a 16 year old. He's he's got um he's Love got a it. deal. They're making a they're making a feature. He's making a, a feature like film. Good oh, shit. Because yeah. like that's cap that stuff is captivating. It's riveting. Isn't it? Like it's yeah. so um unsettling and mm-hmm. uh, otherworldly, you know? Yeah. And it's but it's still grounded feeling. Like it still feels like like there's like this sense of nostalgia. Yeah. Attached to all of that. It's all liminal space stuff. You know, like you, you're yeah. always like, I've seen this before. I know the liminal is- space stuff really fucking freaks me out. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Me too. It creeps me out. Yeah. Because there's there are some like just random Instagram channels that'll just put something up, and it's just creepy. Yeah. One of was just like a, a water slide that goes down like 800 floors. And you can see Ooh. it. And that's all it is. And it creeps me out. That's all that's all of the little clip was. It's creepy. Just showing but it's this water like, slide. It's like a familiar sight, which makes yeah, it even it's weirder. Weird. Where you're like, yeah. I've seen water slides like this. I've seen locations Ugh. like this. It plays on your like uh your your own nostalgia and memories. Mm-hmm. Kind of turns that against you. Yeah, because it's like you've been to places like real quick when you were a kid that have looked like all these places. It's just your brain doesn't like remember like of the other details so it's just it, it is that and then you question if you've ever been there and then that's a whole nother level mm-hmm. of creepiness like it's yeah it's pretty lovely yeah um concept conceptually and uh, there's a lot of room to do things different things you know but doing found footage that's exciting it is i i'm i have the, the mcpherson tape I have um, Alien Abduction, which are considered like the, the first it's like a, a originator. Yeah, yeah, the first originators of, of the found footage. I've also picked up a few new Blair ones. Witch. Uh, Blair Witch. I'm I'm not gonna do Blair Witch. I think Blair Witch. <laughs> I, I you know maybe I should because that's the best one. Right? You might you might yeah. have to. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say you might have yeah. to just because that's like probably the original. You're right. Yeah. yeah, it's like you almost right. don't want to because it's like yeah, it's been done to death. With I've seen it so like... many times too. That's another. Thing. But it it would be in, it would be an interesting study, Chris, to see how how that compares to like you know the more modern and contemporary stuff. Actually, it's I funny think. you bring that up, John, because I found a found footage film that was shot in New Jersey, nine hundred bucks, same year as Blair Witch Project, about the Jersey Devil. I remember oh, that. Man. I remember them making a big stink about that on the local news. It's called the Last Broadcast, and. Mm. Uh, is it good? I don't know. I, I it's all free oh, on YouTube. Man. You can watch it for free. You should watch that too. I definitely am going to watch that. That's yeah. one of the ones I'm. So what you're saying is vets should have been uh, a POV. Show. <laughs> yeah. <That's>, uh, <laughs> there you go. Sure. Of course. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this episode of Galani and Chill. Um, I hope you enjoyed this Friday, Friday, Friday the 13th podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it more than I enjoyed watching them because that's what it's all about, right? Uh, our next episode of Glonning Chill will be about found footage, the roots, and all the, oh, thank you, uh, <laughs> the roots and the, the, the trees that have grown from those roots of the found footage genre, which I'm uh, infatuated with. And, uh, I expect that and um, (laughs) 
yeah, so uh, I'll see you next time on uh, Galani and Chill, folks. I'm see you time. in hell. See we'll you see in, you hell. in hell. I'm going to pull your face down with my Freddy glove. You will yes. meet with Jason, and then you will have you will hang out in hell with him. He won't talk. He's not interested. So good luck. I'll try. <laughs>